It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. And a very pleasant good evening to you. Joe Linville and Marcus Constantino on set with us tonight. Ryan Epling uh, will be here in... A few seconds. We'll <laughs> so <see>. he says. <laughs> Marcus, good to see you on set, man. Hey, good to see you too, Joe. First time I've uh, been out here, but uh, obviously a lot going on oh, across absolutely. the state in uh, high school basketball. Uh, we're going to talk with Tyler Jackson, a reporter with the Register Herald. Uh, we'll have Bernie Dolan, executive director of the SSAC. Uh, uh, many more coaches and players up in the show. We've got a, uh, a jam-packed show coming up for you. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be remiss. I want to mention this real quick, and we'll get it out of the way. Uh, a guy that played a big inspiration in my life when, when, when young men need it, when I was 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, uh, Ramey Barker, who was the mayor of Chapmanville, uh, very involved in government. He was a school teacher. He was a newspaper reporter, editor. Uh, he did a little bit of everything in the newspaper business. He was uh, the right hand to former Governor Earl Ray Tomlin, even all through the Senate and through his governorship. He actually worked for Archmore as labor commissioner and speechwriter. Ramey is just one of those all-around guys. Loved his community and uh, was a big inspiration on a lot of young people and a, a lot of people throughout southern West Virginia. Passed away unexpectedly on Sunday. Uh, services are tomorrow, and I just uh, got his thoughts and family in a prayer. And just, uh, I, I just, you know, he was a big inspiration to me, and, and Ramey will definitely be missed by Southern West Virginia. Yeah, certainly. I've, I didn't know Ramey, but I've heard so much, uh, you know, about him, uh, you know, how much he was respected uh, in the legislature uh, in Logan County and the Chapmanville community, and we certainly send our, our condolences uh, uh, down to his family and to everyone down there in Logan County. Appreciate that. And we know you're here to. Uh, Get scores of basketball games, so it's now for our first uh, scoreboard update. And uh, something's going on there. So, Marcus, why don't you go ahead and take away the uh, the boys' scores for us? All right, starting out uh, with the basketballnight.com <laughs> scoreboard, the Bluefield Beavers uh, at halftime over the Princeton Tigers, fifty to thirty-eight. Uh, Lindsley, this is a final Lindsley over Magnolia, fifty-one to forty-nine. Uh, the Willing Park Patriots uh, get a big win over Weir, 63-41. Patriots improving to 13-5. Braxton County, at the end of the third quarter, leads Gilmer County 58-44. The Hurricane Redskins are, at the end of the first quarter, over Woodrow Wilson, 25-21. The Kaiser Golden Tornado, this is final, 57-23 over the Tucker County Mountain Lions. The Golden Tornado improves to 12-7 on the year. Logan Wildcats, big win over the Man Hillbillies, 71-57. Hedgesville uh, in the third quarter over Musselman, 51-31. The Nitro Wildcats get a win over Lincoln County, 55-45. The Charleston Catholic Irish improved to 13-5 on the year with a 57-39 win over the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Oak Hill is at the end of the third quarter leading Pikeview 40-28. to At the end of the third, Parkersburg South is uh, leading Warren Local Ohio 29-23. The Polka Dots get a big win over Sissonville 55-49. Polka improves to 16-3 on the year. 
while Joe Linville Scott Skyhawks. This just went final, 91-70 win over the Mingo Central Miners. Shady Spring stays undefeated 18-0 over the Independence Patriots 83-49. And the final score that we have right now, Huntington Highlanders defeat Spring Valley 74-67. We actually do have one more here at the bottom. Meadow Bridge defeats Union Tigers 71-41. Joe, take it away with the girls' scores. Over on the girls' side, it's Buckhannon Upshur falling tonight to Wheeling Park. Lady Patriots pick a win up there by a score of 60-25. to Wyoming Ace, the Lady Warriors pick up a big win tonight over uh, the Nicholas County Grizzlies, 59-29. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. And welcome, Ryan Epley. Hey, Ryan. Hey, nice to be here, guys. Anything happened this week? <laughs> no, 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 nothing. No, nothing. It's been no, a dull week. Um, you know, this is one of those situations where a lot of things happen kind of late in the evening. Uh, so we were able to get some more information on a couple of things that we've been working on. Uh, really throughout the course of the week. So I uh, kind of had to take some time to digest that. And uh, sometimes, you know, you can only go as fast as the car in front of you. But uh, <laughs> nonetheless, it is good to be here on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Marcus, welcome to the desk. Yeah, thank you. You get the big desk this time instead of the score desk, which you're usually over there by yourself. Yeah, so corner. spacious. I have three, four digital devices here. I don't know what to do with all this space. Uh, of course, we do welcome all of you again, once again, to basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And uh, you know, we are uh, uh, this show by nature is a celebration of high school basketball. We love basketball. We love all the great stories that come of it. Unfortunately, every now and then things happen that kind of make you kind of take pause and have to take a more serious tone toward that. Now, I want to go ahead and preface this by saying we don't want to really get overly caught up in this because a lot of the things that really uh, the background for that Beckley Greenbrier East girls basketball game from Tuesday, most people know about it. It's already out there. There were comments, there were responses, there were responses to the responses. All of that's out there. I mean, there, there's, there's not a lot that is new from that. What was new was the video that was released of the surveillance video uh, from Greenbrier East High School uh, that kind of showed that incident. And, and you know, it, it certainly goes to show that basically no one there that saw it as it happened, that witnessed it, had a full picture of, of what happened because you just get snippets. I understand that. You're, own, you're in your own world there. You're not looking for problems to occur. And, uh, again, if you're watching the web stream, we've got the video up right now, uh, courtesy of Tyler Jackson, the Register Herald, who shared it with us. And I know he's on the phone with us right now. We'll talk with him in just a minute because we'll kind of watch the video for just a second as there was uh, clearly an, uh, you know, an altercation on the baseline and uh, you know, there, there were just an incident that looks like it's the most unfortunate of uh, misunderstandings in many, right. in many instances there. And, uh, of course, this uh, led to five Beckley players uh, being suspended for two games for leaving the bench. Not anything other than that, which is a, it's a, it's a rule. You, you leave the bench, you get suspended for the uh, 10% of your season which is uh, the following two games in high school basketball. So uh, we're not going to delve too deep into that, but that video is new. Tyler Jackson of the Register Herald was there at the game. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. First off, Tyler, thanks so much for sharing what was perhaps the most interesting game you have ever covered. Yeah, no problem. It was. Uh, I think it definitely takes the cake for my career. I, I remember <laughs> kind of one of my first thoughts whenever it was suspended was uh, – 
okay, I was, I'm supposed to leave here with a game story. What now? <laughs> right. I, yeah. Uh, sports writers are looking for sports stories. I mean, that's just how we, we work. That's how we operate. And, and then when you have a situation like this, you turn into a news reporter as well. Very difficult situation. But, uh, Tyler, I, I guess we'll just start out with uh, what did you see from uh, – you know, when did you first get indication that, oh, something's happening here? Because I understand when you're, when you're writing a game, you're looking at your numbers, you're trying to get information out during breaks uh, on Twitter, social media, etc. It's easy to not see everything that's going on. Yeah, so the first thing I saw whenever I looked up, I saw the massive bodies. They were over to my left, and then I seen uh, Gene Neighbors flying backwards, the assistant coach for Woodrow Wilson, which is the point you can see in that video. You know, obviously, I'm, I'm sitting here trying to write my notes. It's a very close game. It was a very good game. You know, the games between these two teams always are. So, uh, that's kind of, those are kind of the games that you want to cover. You just never want them to turn staff. But the first thing I saw was when Neighbors flew backwards. And uh, Woodrow Wilson's scorekeeper, Felicia Law, actually jumped up. Uh, she was beside me to go over there and kind of keep the crowd in control a little bit. She did a really good job of that. I stayed in my seat just because I didn't want to get involved in all that. You know, it, it, as you can see on the video, there, there were a lot of people involved, you know, uh, bodies flying, different objects flying. So, you know, for my own safety, I kind of stayed out of it. And I, I kind of figured that there would be videos that would surface with everybody in, in this day and age. They have phones. So, and we did get a video that popped up first before we got the surveillance video. But after that, you know, I, I kind of went about my business. And, you know, that's whenever the comments that I've kind of shake, uh, shaken the state you know, transpired. Yes, uh, of course, uh, we were talking about the post-game interview with, with Coach Jim Justice again. That's, and Governor Jim Justice. And as we all know, like that, that's been out now for four or five days. Uh, we're all aware of that. He walked back that statement a little bit today, uh, you know, and, and talked about how. Uh, the use of the word thug, he said, was not in his intention of a racial background to it. And, you know, you, you can see the, you know, an indication of people of another generation versus people today and kind of the morphosis of words. So I, I don't want to get too deep into that because that seems like a situation that's kind of played out to this point uh, as much as it can. Tyler, let's talk a little bit of basketball while we get a chance here. That's a great basketball game. You know, it didn't finish, but those two teams may play in the section again. It's a heated rivalry, but it's a it's a very it's a matchup between two teams that are in the top five in AAA and two teams that really have legitimate aspirations to get to championship Saturday in Charleston. Yeah, they, they. I mean, they're both very good teams. We talk about Region Three all the time. You know, Ryan Britt and myself, uh, a writer who covers preps up from Charleston. We talk about. We don't know who two teams are that are going to come out of it. You know, between South Charleston, GW, Woodrow Wilson, and Greenbrier East, you could practically throw those four at a hat, and you know, you can never rule out the other teams. We've seen instances where teams have kind of gotten hot and they've gone on a run. So, but primarily, those four teams are the favorite. You throw them in a hat. So that's why it's so important to win that game. Because last year, Woodrow had to go on the road, and, and NGW had to go on the road to Greenbrier East. And a lot of people feel like that you know, that home court advantage made all the difference for Greenbrier East. They were able to really rally there late, even though they were down, and they came back to win it. So it's uh, the game as of right now has been – well, it, it's called a game for Greenbrier East. It is a win for them. So the way it stands right now is I believe Woodrow is technically 3-1 and one in sectional play as is Greenbrier East. So that's where it sits for the two teams that split a matchup. I, I don't know where things will go from there. That's going to be up to the other coaches in the section as well as, you know, however, Woodrow Wilson and Greenbrier East. So, but it, it's, like I said, it's very unfortunate as the game ended this way. You know, 
these games are really chippy, but I think that the adults made it a little bit chippier than what it needed to be. Because they, they asked, they, there was an incident earlier in the game where they, uh, where the officials had to stop the game. You know, they warned both coaches. But after that, the players were pretty much on their best behavior. It was nothing really outside of what it normally is as far as physicality after that. Tyler Jackson, reporter for the Beckley Register Herald. And, and just you know, help me out with this uh, real fast. This will be the, our last uh, question for you here tonight. The sectional format there involving those teams, uh, is that uh, just that plays out whoever the higher seed gets to host that game, or does the number one seed host the entire tournament? How does that work out? Uh, the number one seed hosts each of their games. Like, the higher seed of each game hosts the game. Gotcha. So, it, you know, if Woodrow was two, they would host their first-round game. If Greenbrier East was one, they, they'd host their first-round game. So, I'd imagine just based on records, it could uh, it'll go in that order somehow. Uh, we've seen instances, like last year in softball, there were a couple of sections and regions where teams that were clearly better than other ones were, you know, seeded lower for reasons. So, it's it's kind of hard to tell at this point, but yeah, it's it's going to be the the number one and the number two seed are going to host the first round games, and the number one seed will host the championship game provided they advance. There you go, Tyler Jackson, the Register Herald in Beckley. Thanks so much for joining us on what has been a, a hectic week. Absolutely, thank you guys for everything you do and the resources you provide. Oh, thank you so much again. That's uh, Tyler Jackson of the Beckley Register Herald. We're going to stop right now. We want to take a break. When we come back, we will talk with the executive director of the WVSSAC, Bernie Dolan. Uh, we're not necessarily going to dive into what happened in this specific instance only. We're talking about the process that the SSAC goes through. Yeah, it's just, it, it's becoming, it's escalated for some reason this season. Um, where do you put on the brakes? Unfortunately, they've been a little busier in Parkersburg exactly. than they would have liked to have been. We know I that. We'll talk about it. much of that and much more in basketball. Friday night in West Virginia continues on this Valentine's Day on the Fast Breaks for Seller. And I'll be at your side Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Happy Valentine's Day from everybody here at Basketball Friday night. In West Virginia. Thanks for joining us. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports centered online platforms, and ever popular local coverage. Get in the game. You're a passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and life of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash sojmc. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. And if you have a Valentine's Day shout-out, let us know what that is. Big welcome to new follower Ashton, Travis Dingus, Camille McPherson, WV, Shannon Charge, and Allison. 
are all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Valentine's Edition. Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press. basketballnight.com Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Of course, love is in the air. It's Valentine's Day. <laughs> We're glad you're spending your Valentine's Day and evening with us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, celebrating the great sport of basketball in the great state of West Virginia. So many positive things to talk about throughout the course of this week that occurred uh, we had a boys' basketball team make 25 threes in a single game as a team and shot more than 50% in that game from three-point range. Unreal. That is unbelievable. Also saw one of the best high school girls' games that I've ever witnessed earlier this week. I want to talk a little bit more about that uh, a little bit later on in the program. Of course, the incident uh, that that has kind of dominated headlines, and, and again, we want to t- kind of touch it with it, hit the main players with it here, the main people who were involved in, in the, the steps across the way. And, and just kind of get get through it, do our best, and get Move on. get back to basketball because we all love basketball. Bernie Dolan is the executive director of the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. First off, Mr. Dolan, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Oh, glad to be here. Thanks for what you guys do for basketball. I greatly appreciate that. And as we were talking about going into the break, a little bit of a busier time for you than perhaps you would have preferred, um, having to deal with the the outcome and the uh, ramifications of the incident that occurred in, in at Greenbrier East on Tuesday night. Uh, from uh, from your perspective, take me through this process because there was, uh, you know, there was a day or two where you guys didn't really say a whole lot because you were still in the gathering phase. Well, obviously, it happened late at night on a Tuesday night, and uh, you know, you don't get much information. It is spotty coming in. Uh, it's amazing that how many people all saw the same incident, but as you're taking calls at that, it didn't quite 
match what you know so all the different uh inputs that you get so you know we were waiting for some video to help confirm what what we were hearing and there's also officials reports that have to be filed we've asked for some statements from the schools so uh whether something as serious this you really want to get out and and uh, try to get as much information as you can oh, we talked about the, the gathering phase of, of it but you're also i mean you're, you're we're in the middle of the season we're in the middle of crunch time in the season so there's not a whole lot of you don't time is not on your side with this incident either it is not but you uh you know some of the infractions are in-game infractions so if it's an objection then you don't you know it's you know it's a penalty by the playing rules and so uh you know unfortunately for the girls from woodrow wilson uh you know they left the bench um during that incident and so part of that it's just the way the rules are the rest of it you're really trying to get more information to find out what exactly happened and why it happened and you know try to learn from it but so to help those uh each schools try to prevent anything like this again and hopefully you know you know if there's things that we see it could be points of emphasis in the future for other schools to to uh to look at you know the bad part is <clears throat> it was a good game physical game but that's the way they both play and uh you know it's just a shame that incident ended the game but uh you know there's still a lot of basketball to play and uh for me and i would think for the schools they simply want to get by this because they won't, don't want this to dwell on the next game and the next game that causes problems so you know uh we had the incident you know we dealt with the schools and now everybody moves on hey bernie i, I agree with you that uh, you know it's a shame that uh, that all of this is is kind of taken away you know uh from the game which is uh, what we should be talking about but uh you talked about you know what happened with uh, the five uh, woodrow girls uh uh, you know, who are serving their suspension. But uh, is the SSAC still reviewing anything uh, in regards to, you know, the post-game uh, comments uh, by the governor or any kind of, uh, you know, actions that may have been taken by the fans? Is that uh, uh, something that uh, you all re- are reviewing or, or something that uh, y'all can review? Uh, it is something we can review, and we, we I think we have all the information uh, that that we need. And, uh, you know, obviously if there is uh, any discipline, we're not put, you know, we don't make statements. You know, we work directly with each school and the coach or players, and then, you know, we just move on. So we don't announce anything that we're doing. We just work with the schools because it's a personnel matter. And, you know, we think that's a private situation. It seems this season, for whatever reason, you know, situations like this have has escalated at other games across the state. Has your organization talked anything about maybe doing some kind of program about promoting sportsmanship uh, at, at high school ball games? 
You know, when we go around and we do clinics three times a year, 10 different, you know, uh, areas of the, the state, and, uh, you know, one of the points of emphasis has been sportsmanship. And, uh, you know, we try to say that sportsmanship is everybody's part. Uh, but it does start with the coach. He kind of, he or she kind of sets the tone for their players and the community. So everybody has a role, the players, the coaches, the officials, the administration, and the fans all have a, uh, a role to play in good sportsmanship. You know, sometimes our, be- our worst example are the college and pro teams. Uh, the, the behavior that goes on, uh, especially at the outdoor events. You know, you start seeing that a lot, and all of a sudden, you think that's normal behavior. You know, just because you pay $5 to get in doesn't mean you can yell at anybody you want and say anything you want. You know, uh, it's incumbent on the uh, administration at each game uh, to control the fans. And uh, if that means removing them, it, then you remove them. You know, um, nobody has the right to, to uh, harass other players, coaches, or officials. Bernie Dolan, Executive Director of the Secondary Schools Activities Commission. And we certainly hope uh, to be able to talk a little bit more about uh, basketball and, and perhaps, you know, the way that the state tournament changes next year when we go to four classes a little bit later on maybe this year uh bernie dolan thanks so much for joining us and hopefully uh this can all get behind us we can all learn something from it and and we can get back to enjoying high school basketball and high school sports yeah we start wrestling regionals tomorrow and we got state swim next week and then we're into you know tournament time so it's an exciting time you know we want to look at the positive and and make sure we're moving forward. Absolutely. Thanks so much. That's Bernie Dolan, the Executive Director of the West Virginia Secondary Schools Activities Commission. We're going to step aside right now, take a break. When we come back, we'll get you a scoreboard update. We'll also talk with the Bluefield boys basketball coach, Buster Large. The Beavers get a big win tonight. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. on the Fast Break Sports Network. listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It is the Valentine's edition. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Haley McClure, Greenbrier East Spartans, Ryan Leap, Lincoln Cougars, Gage Huffman, Tyler Consolidated Knights, Rachel Bates, Valley Wetzel Lumberjills, Hobina Chili Killen, Chapmanville Tigers, Janiah Fargo, Musselman, Lady Appleman, Sam Cremines, Williamstown Yellow Jackets, and Calissa Lacey, George Washington Patriots, what they all have in common 
as they were selected by Basketball Friday Night at West Virginia as the standout athlete of the week. Have someone remarkable on your team? Did you have an athlete make an outstanding play? You can nominate your team's players to become the Basketball Friday Night Standout Athlete of the Week. Each week, we consider nominees based on leadership, performance on the court, academic performance, involvement in the community, and volunteer work. Every Friday night, we select a Standout Athlete of the Week. Head over to our website, basketballnight.com, and click on the Standout Athlete of the Week tab. Fill out the nomination form. We'll take it from there. We want you to nominate your team's athletes. Check it all out at basketballnight.com. Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. And on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia, Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, Marcus Constantino with us in studio. We'll have the ever-changing... Uh, <laughs> the rotating. Rotation. Yeah, we'll have a rotation a little bit later on. Uh, that that that's still a few minutes away, so you'll see that when we get there, and you'll hear it when we get there. But um, you know, the, talking high school basketball tonight, this is a really big week because the girls' uh, sectional tournament ballots are, are due, you know, in, in this weekend. Right. So uh, games tonight are, are and you know are really kind of placement. Right. Your last chance to impress. It's it's crunch time. It is. It absolutely is. And there are some very difficult ones to gauge. The boys' tournament, you know, everything's a week later for the boys. So they've got another full week of uh, regular season play before sectionals play, uh, begin. Uh, you know, they have nearly two weeks, actually. Girls' sectionals can begin one week from now. We'll be giving girls' sectional basketball scores this time next week. Joe, team seasons will end this time next week. Exactly. That's Like you said, it, it seems like we're just – Starting to get into the groove of things, and we're already on in yeah. going to be in wind down mode. And we'll be in the tournament. Civic Center before the convention and uh, Coliseum and Convention oh, Center. Yeah, before who, you know look it, who missed it? We're <laughs> going to do that all over again this year. The Charleston Coliseum Convention Center. I'm getting better, but still, my goodness, that's a mouthful. But the Bluefield boys are having a, a very good season, which is absolutely to the surprise of no one. That's a, a very, very good boys basketball program they, they stubbed their toe a little bit earlier this year in a loss to princeton and, and since then they've really made up for it with a pair of big wins over the course of the uh, season and uh, that included another one tonight as bluefield picked up a win in boys basketball over princeton 97 65 buster large is the head coach of the 16 and 3 beavers he joins us now on basketball friday night in west virginia and coach uh, anything can happen when when you and Princeton get together tonight, though. Your team really took care of business. Well, you know, it's Crosstown rivalry. You know, I've, I've lived in Bluefield all my life, and I've watched the rivalry for many, many years back in the 70s and 80s, even played in it when I was uh, uh, played at Graham High School. And, uh, you know, it's been a great rivalry, and I'm uh, glad and, uh, to be part of it. Very good sportsmanship tonight between both teams. Spectators had a large crowd, and 
that's what it's all about. Just good basketball, so West Virginia. Eight consecutive wins for your ball club. Playing like you would, you want them to play beyond wins and losses. Your level of play where you want it to be right now. Sir, we're we're playing at a very high level right now. You know, I think the last eight or nine games we've scored well over eighty points. Uh, well, we could score even more, and you know we've got a lot of young kids in a, uh, involved in the program in the fourth quarter and trying to get them better next year. And you know, we just got a lot of uh, weapons right now. And uh, you know, Sean Martin. Uh, Six seven two sixty five is getting better and better each game. I think uh, going into not tonight, he has sixty eight blocks, which is unheard of for double A. And uh, tonight, I think he has four or five. And then he's got you know some good people around him: Braden Cruz, Caden Fuller, uh, Jaheim House, Colin Paris, and Tyrese Harrison is just playing unbelievable. Five six seven. He he's sharing the ball well. One of the leading rebounders on the team. Coach, uh, Coach Large, Marcus Constantino here. You all, as we talked earlier, you all have a gauntlet uh, uh, coming up here to close out the season. Uh, uh, get up early, go to Fairmont Senior uh, tomorrow. Uh, you've got undefeated Shady Spring on Monday, and then you uh, close out the regular season in New Richmond uh, uh, with Wyoming East. Uh, uh, how are you getting uh, your team ready for this, uh, particularly well, uh, that Shady Marcus, Sp- Spring crew? Uh, you know, they're not afraid to uh, – uh, they're dangerous from outside. Yeah, Coach Rhett and I got together about three weeks ago, and we got a chance to get in the Big Atlantic. We changed the game. So Fairmont, uh, they're here tonight already in Bluefield uh, or Princeton, and we're going to play them tomorrow at the Brushwick Armory at 2.15. So, you know, Coach and I have been friends for a long time. I really respect his program and uh, the great job he's done. I respected his father, the great job he did at Fairmont when I was even at Bluefield State College. I used to love to watch his teams play because – they were so talented, but uh, yeah, about Fairmont is going to be here tomorrow, and uh, then we got Shady Springs Monday night, which is a very, very good high school basketball team. So, like I say, you know, uh, we, I don't know if we can close out, you know, with uh, uh, three more wins, but you know, uh, the wins are very important now because if you win, you you, you can finish very high if you win your sectional regional in a, in a, in a state ranking. So, like I say, I don't know if we can get there. Uh, we're going to take it one step at a time. But right now, I'm very happy to have tonight's win. And, and Coach, tell me about the logistics of this because you obviously rivalry game tonight. A team that has played well through much of the season and beat you earlier this year, you get that win. Turnaround tomorrow afternoon, home game with Fairmont Senior team of that caliber. Always a, an interesting game when you guys get together. And uh, uh, again, I know that the game didn't go as you would like to say, turn. But you had no practice time, is what I'm kind of getting at here. Well, you know, uh, you know, we we we've we been used to that. You know, we at one stretch here we played four out of five nights, and uh, you know we went down to Bristol, Tennessee, and beat Wesley Christian Prep, which was a great, great high school win for our program, and then turn around and beat University out of out of Johnson City. But you know, if you if you this time, you know, what is it? Three months we've been practicing. You've got to, you know, if you get the state term, you got to play uh, three or three out of four days in a row. So. You know we're used to that, and you know, uh, you know, I, I give Coach Tony Webster, Jody Fuller, uh, Doug Miller, my assistant coaches, all the credit in the world for the condition we're in because we work extremely hard in practice, and uh, you know, the conditioning is outstanding. Head coach Buster Large of the 16 and three Bluefield Beavers boys basketball team, they pick up a big win tonight over Princeton. Uh, final score of 97-65. They play Fairmont Senior tomorrow in the Brushwork Armory. Coach Large, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Sir, thank you.
Hey, Marcus Constantino, always a pleasure to talk with you, and we really enjoy your all show, and uh, it's well listened to down here by all my coaches, and uh, I sure like to get Coach Tony Webster uh, uh, on next week or anytime you all like to have that sounds good. We can we can work on that for next week. Thank you, Coach. All right, that's head coach. Thank Buster. you. Yeah, there you go. That's head coach Buster Large of the Bluefield Beavers boys basketball team. Uh, we will talk with Ashton Boggs from the University Girls Team in just a moment. But let's let's take a moment here, kind of regather, <laughs> and let's get a scoreboard update. How about that? Marcus, you got to work here, buddy. When you come out here, you work. We're going to turn Marcus Constantino loose with the girls' scores first. All right, starting out uh, with the girls basketballnight.com scoreboard looking for scores. Look no more. We've got three final scores so far tonight. Willing Park improves to 19 and 3 on the year with a 60 to 25 win over the Buchanan Upshur Buccaneers. Wyoming East Lady Warriors are 13 and 4 with a 59-29 win at Nicholas County. And finally, the Frankfurt Falcons 18 and 1 with a 59 to 43 win at Hampshire. Joe, you had the boys' scores. Over on the boys' side, it was Bluefield, as we toast, uh, talked to Coach Large here just a second ago, picking up a big win over Princeton tonight, 97-65. John Wellman and Lala Wilburn uh, with a career-high 15 points. Braden Cruz finishes with 26 for the Beavers. It was Lindsley over Magnolia tonight by a score of 51-49. Wheeling Park, the Patriots, over the Red Raiders of Weir, 63-41. Salinsville Southern out of Ohio over Clay Battelle, 73-65. Big battle, it come right down to the wire up in central part of the state. Webster County, the Highlanders pick up a one-point win over Clay County, 55-54. It was Braxton County over Gilmer County. Correction, that's the end of a third-quarter score. At the end of three, Braxton leads Gilmer County, 58-44. This one now a final. Greater Beckley Christian over Mount View, 66-39. It was Woodrow Wilson flying Eagles over Hurricane tonight by a score of 74-67. They survived the upset bit at Hurricane, uh, and it was head coach Ron Kidd's 500th game as a coach. Congratulations, coach. And other scores at the, uh, this one appears to be a final. John Marshall over Indian Creek, Ohio, 56-45. This one, a final. Kaiser, the Golden Tornadoes over Tucker County, 57-23. And a game that looked like it might go down to the wire ended up being a pull-away for the Logan Wildcats. Logan wins the Battle of Logan County tonight over the previous 14-3 Man Hillbillies, 71-57. Mitchell Hayner led the Wildcats uh, tonight with uh, 20 points, and it was Caleb Levins leaving the Hillbillies, leading the Hillbillies with 14. Hedgesville over Musselman. Actually, that's the end of a third quarter score. 31-31. Hedgesville leads that one. Nitro, the Wildcats, knocked off Lincoln County 55-45. In a final, it was Charleston Catholic picking a win up over Notre Dame 57-39. Aiden Satterfield led uh, Charleston Catholic with 14 points. Jaden West led Notre Dame with 17. This one at the end of three, it's Warren Local trailing Parkersburg 29-23. The Polka Dots knocked off 
Sissonville Indians by a score of 55-49. Big win tonight for the Scott Skyhawks. They knock off Mingo Central 91-70. It was Independence falling to Shady Springs as the Tigers go to 18-0 on the season by a score of 83-59. Another battle in Inner County, uh, Boone County. It was the Sherman Tide over the Band Bulldogs tonight. By a score of 58-45, Sherman's R.J. Klein led the scoring with 16 points. It was Spring Valley trailing or falling tonight to Huntington, 74-67. Another close one, St. Albans picks up the win in overtime over the Big Reds of Parkersburg, 57-52. Spring Mills, the Cardinals knock off Martinsburg tonight. Uh, no. I want to double. Let's double check that. Okay, one. I'm, I'm a little surprised <laughs> about that one myself. We have it right now. Spring Mills over Martinsburg, 62-41. We'll double check that one. Yeah, I'm calling for a for a no. recount on that one. <laughs> uh, the canvas committee is out. <laughs> Oak Glen picks up a win tonight over St. Clairsville, Ohio, 78-73. John Marshall, the Monarchs. Monarchs over Indian Creek, Ohio, 56-45. Meta Bridge picks up a win over Union tonight, 71-41. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Busy night of high school basketball throughout this great state of West Virginia. And, uh, in fact, I just do have it confirmed. It was Martinsburg boys picking up a 62-41 win over Spring Mills. Teddy Marshall, 18 points to lead the Bulldogs to the win there. Awesome. And, and, and for the record, I understand our crew in the back because we're not <laughs> calling them out crazy on this. Back there here. are a lot of games going on, and right now specifically, you, you cross your eyes one time, and all of a sudden you get something backwards. Very easy to do. And so. there's one less person in the back right, right now, right? Because there's one more out here <laughs> than normal. And we're going to keep him out here for one more, or for the end of this segment. Uh, we still got a few minutes left before we. Uh, yeah, before we bid adieu to, to Marcus right now, though, let's go back to the phone lines. Ashton Boggs is a standout from University with their girls' basketball team. Uh, the Hawks last year, the AAA runner-up. This year, it's been a little bit of an up-and-down season, but my goodness, they've played everybody except for Parkersburg, who's in the top five. And uh, Ashton Boggs joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. First off, Ashton, welcome back to the program. Hi, thank you. Uh, your ball club picks up a big win last night over Fairmont Senior, 67-56. Uh, that's, a, that's a very good Polar Bear basketball team. Tell me about how your team was able to get the win. I give credit to Fairmont because they are a vis- like very physical and aggressive team. And they lack big girls inside, but their guards do a great job putting pressure on the ball. But that was one thing our team really realize that they put pressure on your guard so much if you keep yourself under control there's going to be a back cut open there's going to be an open girl if they trap you so really all game yesterday it was a matter of keep yourself under control because if you do you're going to find that open girl very good high school basketball teams tend to have a few games over the course of the season where they can kind of coast. But with your schedule, you've been in a grind almost every night out uh, so far. How do you, do you feel like that's preparing you for the postseason, or are you maybe concerned that you know this is this is a lot of a lot of energy being expended just to get through the regular season? Yeah, it definitely is. I do think playing like the better teams that we've played definitely is going to help us in the long run. It's it's hurting us in some points because a lot of our girls right now are getting over sicknesses and injuries. We had a girl 
just break her nose last week. We had a girl who dislocated her shoulder. So we're definitely, like, it's catching up to us, but I definitely do think that it's going to help us in the long run, especially against the top teams. Like you said, you only get better if you play better teams. That's the only way you're going to get better. So it's. I definitely think it's a good thing. Absolutely, and we talked. You know, just mentioning that here. This is a ball club that has a thirteen and seven record. But again, that can be a little bit deceiving because of the quality of competition. When you talk about, uh, you know, games with Wheeling Park, who's very good this year, a close mm-hmm. loss to a very good Frankfurt ball club. Uh, you know, a loss at Huntington. That's a, that's a long trip and a tough game and, and a and a loss there. Point being, uh, again, very, very difficult schedule uh, for your basketball team. But um, moving forward, game tomorrow afternoon at home against the Spring Mills Cardinals and then wrap up regular season play next week against Lewis County. Tell me about uh, how you're feeling as we wind down the season and we almost get out of the guaranteed games and into the, the wild and wonderful world of the postseason. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Like our head coach Price has been telling us, is we're right there with every single game that we've lost except one. And like he said in practice, if we step up our defense, we're at that level of playing championship basketball. He said if we start playing defense like we know how to and we start moving the ball on offense, we're going to be right there. And I keep telling our girls, we have five seniors. We have a majority of seniors. And it's our last time playing high school basketball. Like, after this season, it's done. So we need to go out with 100% no matter what because some of the girls, three of our seniors, aren't going to play again. And I think it's really starting to hit them that it's our last year. So they really want to make a statement this year. Ashton, you had 38 points and 10 rebounds uh, in that win like uh, last night. So uh, tell me what it's like uh, personally, you know, to, to have that kind of breakout performance uh, over such a quality AA opponent and, and as a team to pick up, uh, you know, such a big win, uh, you know, at this point in the season. To be honest, I was kind of shocked at the end of the game when I was told I had that many points. I didn't realize that because – that's not my mentality. That's not our team mentality. It's play as a team and we'll win the ball. We, our emphasis on practice lately has been defense is going to lead to offense. And I think that really is what helped us a lot last night. We got steals and our offense is we love running the court and because we have fast guards and I'm a big but also a guard. So it's really hard to guard me per se because I'm so much taller than the other guards. So I can see over them, and I can run the court really well. And if I have a mismatch, there's the post ability, and I can just post them up. So it's really nice. We have, like, not only me, we have another one that's the same way on the team where we're so versatile, it can it can really hurt teams sometimes. Ashton Boggs of University High School girls basketball team. Like every great scorer, had no idea how many points she had. I knew when I played basketball, I always knew because it's not hard to count to two, four, six somewhere in there. Uh, it's not hard to forget. It's hard to forget those. Ashton Boggs, thanks so much for joining us, and wish you and your teammates the best of luck as we wind down the regular season and get into postseason play. Thank you so much. All right, that's Ashton Boggs from University High School. We'll step aside, take a break. This is break three. When we come back. Dave Wilson, WAJR, will preview round three of the Mohawk Bowl basketball edition between Morgantown and University. They might play as many as five times this year. They might be the two best teams in AAA. Maybe not, though. Who knows? Who knows? We'll know soon enough. 
We'll talk with Dave when we come back on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Happy Valentine's Day. This is the Valentine's Day edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Join us online. Vote in this week's poll. You've got till 1145 tonight, and we'll share the voting results with you. This week's question, do you think the homeschool students should be able to play athletics for the school in the district they live in? So go to basketballnight.com. You'll see the poll question on the right-hand side of the page. You've got until 1145 tonight to vote, and we'll share the results with you at the end of the show tonight. Big thank you to all of our radio affiliates carrying Basketball Friday night throughout the Mountain State, including 104.1 FM WVXS and Romney 92.5 FM WZAC Madison, Danville, Charleston. 105.5 FM WKQV Cowan and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn. 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton. 740 AM. 106.5 FM WRNR Martinsburg. 1360 AM. 97.1 FM WHJC Matewan Williamson Belfry. 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX at Wheeling. 1370 AM, 97.7 FM, WVLY, Moundsville. And 101.1 FM, WVWPLP in Wayne. Basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Two out of three isn't bad, right? <laughs> exactly. The great lyricist Meatloaf once said, right? This is the Valentine's Day edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Bring you all the action from across the Mountain State on this February 14th, 2020, the last Friday before girls' postseason begins. And we're here because we love basketball. That's right. (laughs) This is our – I'm not just not going to get too deep into that. I I did take my Valentine out to dinner before I came tonight. There you you go. And then you came to the show. Exactly. Actually, I left a group. At dinner and say, "Hey, folks, I gotta go." You know? <laughs> so, uh, so appreciative to have you uh, with us here, Joe. And uh, a big thanks to Marcus Constantino who stepped out from behind the scenes to to help out with us. Uh, Duty called for Coach uh, Rick Marone tonight. So. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Bill Cornwell. 
he's unavailable doing, tonight. He's off doing Again, his he, basketball thing as well. He's a man of the people. Yeah. You know, so it's just it's always hard to keep up with Bill. But uh, nonetheless, we are talking basketball. There you there go. I knew, go. I knew it was coming. Yep, you, you give him a little bit of a challenge and give him a little bit of time, and they come through every time. Big thanks to our people in the back who are always able to do that. Dave Wilson, WAJR, voice of the Morgantown Mohegans, as they prepare for a big matchup, part three, tomorrow with University. Dave joins us now here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Dave, this is the first of the potential of three meetings that could involve giving the winning team a trophy. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, they'll meet up in the OVAC Championship tomorrow at noon. Very real possible. Well, it's not very real. I, I think it's almost guaranteed these two will match up for a sectional final. And the way the brackets shake out, guys, if they play a fifth time, it would be for a Triple A state title. So uh, these two teams, of course, very familiar with each other. Going to be even more so over the next uh, four weeks or so. They're a combined thirty and five. What's in the water yeah. in Morgantown? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, guys. Uh, you've got a combination of two very good coaches, Dave Tallman from Morgantown and Joe Schmidl at University, and uh, just a lot of great talent. Uh, University side, Caden Matheny and K.J. McClurg, probably the best guard combination in the state. Uh, For my money, I think Caden Matheny is the best player in the state. Uh, The way he's got that quick first step, great acceleration to the basket, he can score, and what has developed over three. He's always been able to score, but his defense – and his ability to facilitate others on the court is what has really set him apart this year. And Morgantown's a deep team. They'll run 10, sometimes 11 guys out there on the floor. Nobody's numbers are going to jump out at you individually. Their leading scorer is Carson Poffenberger at 13 a game. But you look down the list, guys, they're very balanced. They're getting seven or eight points a game from eight or nine guys on down the roster. So... Uh, two very deep teams and two very, very talented teams. They've combined to win 11 consecutive games, and Dave, Morgantown hasn't been pushed here in the past couple of weeks. Uh, is that maybe a concern? No, because they got pushed early on in the season. There you go. Uh, this was a team, uh, Dave Tallman. Dave Tallman structures his schedule for March. Uh, he's constantly building. So they got pushed early in the season. Their worst game of the year came against Martinsburg. Uh, that was on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. It was a 3 o'clock start. It was, just, it was bad. It was out of sync. And since that game, Morgantown's really started to get a roll. Uh, they've got a lot more chemistry on the court because this was almost an all-brand-new team this year for Coach Tallman. They've developed that chemistry, and this is where he wanted the team to be at this point. Hey, Dave, I presume it's a, a pretty exciting atmosphere when these two teams get together. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's an understatement. When you get them at home... Uh, you know, whether it's at the Rowdy Center or out at, uh, on the Ridge at University High. Last game was a packed house. It was one of those games, guys, where you're calling it courtside and you can't hear yourself through your headphones. It was getting that loud. So, yes, it's it's very intense atmosphere and very intense when these guys get on the floor because, you know, you know they play AAU ball together in the summers. They, they've grown up together. You know how these inner-city, inner-county rivalries go. So it, it's got all the makings for a great game tomorrow. And and Dave, they go to St. Clairsville, Ohio, to play this. Yeah, game. figure that one. The two <laughs> best teams in West Virginia end up in Ohio, right? <laughs> go, go figure. But uh, uh, you know, since uh, Morgantown and University joined the OVAC, which was I believe 2010, 
You know, these guys have dominated the Class 5A bracket over there. You go back to 2014, Morgantown, that's when they were in that big run. Uh, they win three in a row. University has won three conference championships in a row. They This will be the third time they've played each other for the conference title as well. So, yeah, it, it should be a fun game tomorrow. And, you know, you can use whatever cliches you want, but they all apply. It's going to come down to who makes the fewest mistakes, who can can you – Contain Caden Matheny, make somebody else beat you. If you're Morgantown, if you're University, can you match up with the depth? All of those things will apply tomorrow. These two teams have played twice already. The first meeting was January 3rd at Morgantown High School. University won 49-46. The second meeting was January 15th. Morgantown won 67-65 at University. So those two games played out a little bit different. That second game a little more high scoring. Since then, University has scored 109 against John Marshall. And here are what really stands out. 101 against Woodrow Wilson in the Raleigh County Armory. That just doesn't happen. And uh, 108 against Wheeling Park in the OVAC. Dave, are we expecting this to be a little bit more of a high-scoring game or a low-scoring game? <laughs> I don't know. It can go either way. Really, it can go either way. Um, because you look at what University's done over the last... Um, what is a six-game win streak? You know they're only giving up 57 points a game. Morgantown's only given up 43 points a game over their win streak. So it very well could turn into a 51-49 kind of a game. It could also go the complete opposite if Cade Matheny's hot and he's making threes. If Carson Poffenberger is scoring off the block for Morgantown, yeah, you could have a game where it's 88-87 going in. You know, at the end of the fourth quarter. Um, it, it really depends, I think, on which team, or if the teams want to exert the defense or if they want to spend their energy getting up and down the floor. Both of these teams like to score in transition. Both can shoot the three. They both have guys that can get open in the corner. Matheny can score from anywhere. Uh, I think I've told you guys before, he reminds me of, uh, of John Elmore. He can make those 33-foot shots. He can go from anywhere on the floor. So. Uh, I don't know what to tell you guys. It can go either way. There you go. That's Dave Wilson, WAJR. He has Morgantown and University. The Battle of Morgantown tomorrow in St. Clairsville, Ohio. Where else would it be? (laughs) And for the OVAC Championship game, Dave Wilson, always a pleasure. That's one hour in the books. Two hours to go with the fastest three hours in radio. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them at West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and it's the Valentine's edition. Happy Valentine's to you. Don't forget our poll question. Do you think the homeschool students should be able to play athletics for the school and the district they live in? Go to basketballnight.com. Poll questions on the right-hand side of the page. Big thank you to all of our radio affiliates, including 92.3 FM WYRC and Spencer, 103.7 FM WQWV and Fisher, 92.5 FM 
WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 93.9 FM WRRR St. Mary's, 104.5 FM WASPLP in Huntington, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM WVOW in Logan, 101.7 FM WYAPLP Clay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ, Edmund, Beckley, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, 9.50 AM, WBES, in Charleston, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL, in Huntington. Join us on Twitter. Big shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers tonight. Phyllis Edens, A. Stewart, Lori Q. Martin, and Corey. Thanks for joining us here. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum celebration of other important events throughout the year. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. I took my troubles down to Madame Ruth. You know that gypsy with the gold cap too. She's got a pad on 34th and Vine. Selling little bottles of love potion number nine. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, the Valentine's Day edition. And yes, we're having a little bit of fun with that as well. Ryan Upling, Joe Linville with you here in our studios on the campus of Marshall University. Um, big thanks, as always, to um, you know all the help we get from WMUL, FM, Student Station uh, in, in, at Marshall, as well as uh, the, the broadcast location here. I mean, our, our set, Mike Stanley built us this set. We got an addition to the set this week in front of us, a Muscleman jersey. That's brand new. You Away see, from the Eastern Panic. You don't see you don't see items from Inwood slash Bunker Hill, West Virginia, rolling around here too often. So uh, good to have uh, them as part of the uh, the collection now of jerseys that we have. Uh, I actually built got a text a few minutes ago, and they were bragging on our jerseys uh, in the background. They were watching online and so forth on how well the schools uh, are represented from across the street. Yeah, I mean you can go Huntington to Musselman. The Greenbrier West, East Fairmont. As I look around here, 
Petersburg, Brook, I mean, and Paul Paul, Bluefield, Princeton, Tigers Valley. Did I mention Paul Paul? I mean, and I got to mention, you know, Boone County. Well represented. Yes. All three high schools from Boone County are on, on the board. Yeah, Scott, Van, and Sherman all, all on the board. So a, a big thanks to all of you who help us out with that, and, and we, we certainly appreciate all of that as well. In a couple of moments, we will talk with Rodney Olson, head coach of the Shady Spring Boys basketball team. We'll also talk with Bailey Goins of Nitro. Uh, she surpassed 1,500 points last night. But first, it's time for another check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. I'll get the boys' scores, Joe. We'll, we'll let you have the light lifting on the girls' <laughs> scores this time around. No, boys' scores tonight. Bluefield boys go to 16-3 and with a 97-65 win over Mercer County rival Princeton tonight. Also, Chapmanville Regional nearly doubles up Herbert Hoover. 98-51. The Tigers get the win. They are now 17-2. and South Charleston is 10-8. Black Eagles defeat Riverside tonight, 62-48. Lindsley Academy defeats Magnolia in a great ball game in New Martinsville, 51-49. The win for the Cadets of Lindsley. Wheeling Park gets a big win over Weir, 63-41. It was Salineville Southern Ohio defeating Clay Battelle tonight, 73-65. Grafton, a 73-45 winner over Elkins. It was Webster County, 55, Clay County, 54. Fantastic game between those two tonight in Clay. Also tonight, George Washington defeats Ripley, 63-32. Braxton County defeats Gilmer County, 80-63. It was Greater Beckley Christian, a 66-39 winner over Mount View. Woodrow Wilson survives an upset bid as they go on the road and win at Hurricane, 74-67. The Kaiser Golden Tornado are 12 and 7 as they defeat Tucker County tonight, 57-23. Logan pulls away to defeat Man tonight at Willie Acres Arena at the Logan Fieldhouse, 71-57. Logan had a big win earlier this week at Poca yep. too. David Early scored 42 of their 55 in that game. Big win, big week for the Wildcats on the floor. Also, Hedgesville defeats Musselman, 51-31. Unfortunately, the Musselman jersey on set not bringing the Appleman any luck tonight. Nitro defeats Lincoln County 55-45. It was Charleston Catholic, a 57-39 winner over Notre Dame. Pikeview defeats Oak Hill tonight in overtime. Final score, Panthers get the win 60-55. Parkersburg South defeats Warren Local Ohio 45-34. Polka bounces back from that loss this week at home to Logan. They defeat Sissonville tonight in a tight game. Polka gets the win 55-49. Scott rolls over Mingo Central. Skyhawks continue to play excellent basketball. 91-70. Scott gets the win tonight in Madison. Also tonight, Shady Spring remains undefeated. The Tigers defeat Independence 83-49. Sherman gets a win tonight over Van 60-45 in a Boone County showdown. Also tonight, Huntington defeats Spring Valley 74-67. Another overtime game, and St. Albans boys get the win over Parkersburg, 57-52. Martinsburg, a 62-41 winner at Spring Mills. Oak Glen defeats St. Clairsville, Ohio tonight, 78-73. It was John Marshall, a 56-45 win over Indian Creek, Ohio. Caldwell, Ohio defeats the Valley Wetzel Lumberjacks, 85-53. It was Barnesville, Ohio, 74, Trinity Christian, 
53 and the Meadowbridge Wildcats defeat Union tonight by a final score of 71 to 41. Over on the girls' side, Hedgesville, the Eagles rolls, and I mean they rolled Broadfording Christian Academy 70 to 8. That score a final. Wheeling Park goes to 19 and 3 on the season with the win over Buckhannon Upshur 60 to 25. Wyoming East they go to 13 and 4 with the win tonight over Nicholas County 59 29. And Frankfurt, 18-1 now with the win over uh, the Hampshire Trojans, 59-43. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. The Nitro Wildcats girls team is 16-5. They picked up a win last night in their matchup with Ripley. Final score of 72-52. Junior Bailey Goins crosses the 1,500-point mark for her career in that game. She joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. First off, Bailey, congratulations on that milestone. Thank you. All right, now your bas- your basketball team uh, has a big game tomorrow against Winfield. Uh, Winfield considered the top team in the section. That's an opportunity for you to kind of make a statement against them uh, heading into the postseason. Yeah, we're going to uh, – we just got to go out there and give everything we got, and I think we'll be all right. We can make a statement. Your basketball team is in a very, very competitive sectional and regional. Uh, you know, I had a chance to see your game at Wayne earlier this year. It was a knockdown, dragout game, as those games always are. But you've also got, obviously, Winfield seems to be the top team in that section. Uh, and on the other side, you've got a big win over Chapmanville, but Chapmanville also very good. They're, they're just the Cardinal Conference is uh, is kind of brutal in basketball. Yeah, it's pretty tough. It's a it's a really fun conference to play in though because it's real competitive, and you get some good atmospheres to play in too. So that's always a positive as well. And tell me a little bit about now you're a junior with this ball club. Uh, you've been the main scoring threat all three years of high school, so you've had to kind of shoulder that in your own way. Uh, tell me a little bit about how your role though has changed, you know, in practice and being going from kind of. Uh, you know, being a, a, an underclassman with that ball club to now being in more of a leadership role? Um, yeah, it, it has changed a lot. Like, I just feel like I've grown in, like, in practice. I just feel like I'm trying to, like, help our – I'm trying to help our players get better more than, like – I'm just worried about us as a team, not really just me, myself. I'm just worried about us winning. Bailey, you guys are uh, 15 and 5, and, and like Ryan said, you're on a five game win streak. You're rolling into sectional play here uh, in just a few days. Your thoughts uh, over the regular season as, as the season winds down? Um, I, think, I think we're coming in good. I think we, we're on like an eight game win streak, so I think, I think that's good to end the season off and come into playoff time and stuff. I think we'll be ready. And like Ryan said, very tough uh, sectional, uh, you know, in in that region four. Just in your section alone, three out of the five teams are rated in the top ten. Makes it pretty tough for you. Yeah, it's a pretty tough section. Yeah, it's always a lot of fun, though. And, and, again, I've got to watch Bailey play for three years. She's uh, a joy to watch, except right. for when it's your team trying to stop her. It's very <laughs> right. difficult because she's very, very good. Bailey Goins, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck tomorrow. Thank you for having me. All right, that's Bailey Goins, junior guard from Nitro High School. 1,500 points in her career. She surpassed that against Ripley. One of the fascinating notes that I saw this week was a note from Dave Morrison. 
and he was talking about a basketball game from earlier this week when Shady Springs boys basketball team defeated James Monroe 97-44 in Linside. And it said Shady Spring hit 25 threes as a team in that game. That accounts for 75 points by itself. My math's pretty sharp on that one. <laughs> when you count by threes, Joe, I can That's do that. Right. But uh, also a team that it shot more than 55% from three for the game. 25 of 44. It's an undefeated team. Ronnie Olson is the head coach of the Tigers. He joins us now on Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. And Coach, 25 made threes in a game in high school basketball is simply unheard of. Tell me what you saw. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of same sediments here. Uh, <laughs> sitting on the bench and there's one, there's two, there's three, there's four, six in a row, seven in a row, and then uh, I mean, we've got to be getting close to a record or something here. Uh, and my assistant coaches and I were just sitting there, and they were just stroking and stroking. And I think we maybe missed four in the first half, something like that. And, uh, you know, those kids can just shoot. And um, <laughs> they do it in practice, but to do it in the game, uh, you know, we haven't been able to find the record, and we've tried to dig it up a little bit. And uh, that's that's phenomenal. And it was uh, kind of awesome to see. I just sat back and let them do their thing. I was going to say – it, it feels like from the outside that to make 25 threes in a game, you almost have to focus or almost go into a game saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to hit a lot of threes. We're going to take a lot of threes this game see what happens. It doesn't sound like that's how that played out. It just you made some shots and just kept <laughs> riding the flow. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, and, and I understand this as a coach. It's hard to, to try to defend against us and game plan. What are you going to do? you going to play as man. You know, you're going to play a zone, you know, and I think a lot of teams have, have chosen the path of zone. And uh, obviously, we want to get to the bucket even if they're playing uh, zone. But, uh, you know, some of those are wide open. They try to protect the paint because we drive so well, we move the ball so well, and uh, obviously, we really handle the ball. So uh, you just got to pick your poison. And I think that's what they did. A lot of teams are doing. Uh, we had a bunch tonight as well. And, uh, it just started falling, and like they said, it was raining threes, and uh, we even got the the uh, way crowd into it uh, on our side there. And uh, but they were still, we even went cold. I mean, real cold there for a spurt in the third quarter. I really felt like we could have got in the upper thirties, but uh, we went a little cold there. Sound like? Go ahead and run. I was just saying, twenty five of forty four, fifty six percent, and they went through a cold stretch. <laughs> yes, there was one. I was getting a little aggravated. I was like, guys, let's go to the rim then, but. Uh, it's hard to tell them to go to the rim when they're hitting a, a clip of 60 70% from the three-point line. You shoot that from the free throw line, sometimes you're happy, let alone from the three-point line. So uh, it, it, this is a special team, and they can shoot it, and uh, they obviously can shoot it, and they can drive as well when they play defense. So uh, it's exciting at what's forming here and what, what can be happening here in the next couple of weeks. You know, a lot of times when, when shots start falling, you know, it just gives the whole team a little confidence and you're starting to have some fun and, and uh, move the ball around and get it in some different hands. And then you mentioned the opposing team was even cheering for you. That, that ought to be, uh, you know, a, a kudos there. But anyway, Coach, you're 18-0. and 0. Uh, Big game coming up first week with Bluefield. Uh, and with that game and, and the rest of the season, how do you feel going in? Because, man, tournaments are going to be here. Sectionals are going to be here before you know it. You know, this this is the team we're, we're going to have to uh, beat to host a regional game. And uh, Monday's a big game, and I think everybody's ha- happy that the game kind of got moved to cancellation there. We're healthy. Well, you know, we had a guy out, Tommy Williams, all-star, all-state point guard, out with an ankle. He's backed almost 100%. He's played a couple games. I had a couple down with the flu, like I'm sure everybody with the 
epidemic in West Virginia and with the flu season, uh, but they're back and they're they're good to go. And uh, I think everybody's going to come out and see a great game. With uh, I believe Bluefield had had a little bit of sickness there, but Monday is going to be a packed house down there in Brush Fork, and uh, we're looking forward to it. You know, uh, obviously we, we want to stay undefeated. We want to be the number one team in the state. Ultimately, the only reason we want to be the number one team is the state to secure that one seat in, in Charleston is important. You know, but uh, the main thing is. March 6th on the sectional championship there is uh, hopefully playing Bluefield again and seeing what we can do there. But uh, it's going to be a tough place to uh, play. But I think uh, it's a marquee game here, and I think everybody's excited to come check it out. I'm excited to see how that, that plays out. I want to talk a little bit about tonight's game and uh, an 83-49 win over Independence. But uh, you have a young man named Chase Mullins, four-year manager, makes his debut and darn near gives you a single-double tonight. <laughs> he gets uh, eight points in the game. Uh, tell me a little bit about Chase. Oh, it's been an emotional night for our program tonight, <laughs> obviously senior night, and then uh, Chase getting to play in his first career game and having eight points there. Um, Chase is the epitome of what we try to we, we try to make our program, you know, after a family, you know, hard work. And uh, Chase has been there for me and our team since day one, and uh, he's going out as a senior this year, and it's only fitting that we have our one of our best seasons ever, you know, and uh, – he earned his jersey, and, and uh, we had a packed house tonight, standing room only, and he got in there. You know, we were able to build a pretty big lead there and uh, able to get him in, and hats off to Independence as well. And Chase got in, played defense, and it's he got a, we got a couple rebounds there, and he, he nailed a couple shots, and the place went crazy. And he's just, he's, he's just an awesome kid. I mean, the first thing he says is he's sitting there the whole time, and he said, Coach, I'm ready to play defense because he knows that's exactly not ready to go hit some shots, you know. Uh, we went down to Liberty last night and played, and uh, that's all he talked about. You know, he was pumped. He was ready all day. And uh, it was a special moment for our program, our community, his family. Uh, I love him to death. I was a little emotional there. And uh, it was great to see. And, and with all this negativity with some of the things going around in basketball recently, uh, you know, some of the things you see on the news and some of the things said, I think it's kind of a, a reprieve and a fresh breath of air to, 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 to take that in, some of the things that we're able to do with uh, – you know our program, the way we've kept it together, family oriented, and then and then Chase coming in tonight, and the community being behind us is a that's what makes sports sport special, and, and that's why you want to be involved with in it, and, and I think that's why it's a big part of school and keeping kids in, involved and keeping them off the streets and drugs and just it, it was an awesome time, and I just think sometimes we need to focus on a little more of the positive things that's going on, and I think tonight was one of those, definitely. We certainly hope we can help bring a highlight to that as well because, like you said, it's been a trying week for all of us in our own way and uh, certainly uh, so much uh, happening. But glad to talk basketball with you. And, and you, know, what a, you know, what a week, what a season. I know you can't even sit back and enjoy it because you're right in the middle of it, but this will be a season that one <laughs> yeah. day when you get a chance, you'll look back and go, man, that was a lot, a lot of, of fun. fun. Yeah. Yes, I agree, guys. I agree. And that's something that I've looked at from, you know, my coach told me I lost in the state championship game in 2000 to Magnolia, and I tell them, and it only took me a couple of years ago. I'm in my 30s, and it took me 20 years after I graduated to enjoy it, but uh, I'm hoping they can enjoy it a little sooner than, than I could when I played. But you're right. Put it in perspective, and the things we've accomplished uh, on and off the floor is, 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 is great, and uh, there's still a lot more to be done, obviously. Ronnie Olson, head coach of the Shady Spring Boys basketball team, 18-0. Coach, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Anytime, guys. Thank you. All right. And we'll step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk with Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. Talk a little Parkersburg South boys basketball when we come back 
on basketball. Friday night in West Virginia. Here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Don't you need her badly? Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Happy Valentine's Day from Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Thanks for joining us this Valentine's Day. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup and a shout out to our latest twitter follower bren pittensbarger thank you bren appreciate you joining us tonight marshall university sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print public relations or broadcasting our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experiences that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall's sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks to everyone tonight that's called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. And happy Valentine's Day. Hey, all you basketball fans, if you're like me and you just can't get enough of Basketball Friday night, then come join us and you're in for a real good time. Now to my big daddy, Ryan Epling. Go Big Daddy. (laughs) That's been a regular occurrence on this program for about four years. And I, 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 I am still very uncomfortable. But, uh, <laughs> no, it's funny. It's, a, I, I, it's, it's worth the laugh. That's what I get for quoting the uh, late Senator Robert C. Byrd seven years ago. And it still continues to haunt me to this day. There was a, a screen. Yeah, we took your, care of that, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, we, it was on, his, on the computer that said Big Daddy. Yeah, and I didn't Big do Daddy's that. computer. Remember, yeah. I, that's, I don't, that's not me. That's done to me. Oh. Anything to do with that? <laughs> but no, it's, it's 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 Valentine's Day, and, and and that's one thing that I hope that we can convey to you is how much fun that we have at this show, bringing you this information, sharing you know this wonderful sport, sharing high school basketball in, in this state, and and sure there are uh, rough patches here and there, but we're all trying to pull the same direction and 
Uh, we do. We 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 legitimately have a blast. We we they have some fun at my expense, and that's <laughs> okay. That's okay. It's all part of it. We we hope right. that we can convey though how much we enjoy bringing this show to you, and, and if that comes through, then then this show is in good shape. It's a little entertainment, but you get a lot of great information along the way. Yep, we got a, a no shortage of characters. That's, with basketball that's probably true. in West Virginia. You know, between cause time. <laughs> Between uh, resident referee Bo Anderson, uh, you know Super Dave, and so much, so much positive going on in high school basketball. And you know, speaking of positives in high school basketball, Parkersburg South boys basketball team is playing pretty good ball right now. The Patriots have won four consecutive games, uh, and they've been on a stretch though where they've also uh, won six out of seven. And they picked up a win tonight over Warren Local Ohio, forty-five. 34 Eric Little WVVV in Parkersburg joins us now on the program and Eric uh, Parkersburg South that's the basketball team that is uh, playing some pretty good basketball at the moment yeah they've got their fans as excited as you've got your fans that <laughs> I tried to put so much space in between that and I didn't I couldn't okay his home I forgot about it I thought I called in and was listening to Billy Cornwell's first ever trip to a strip club. Oh, no. Oh, no. Honest to goodness. (laughs) That's what I thought I was listening to live. Oh, I mean, uh, and I know it's been a second since I've called, but I thought maybe you had some new sponsors or something. (laughs) Is all. But, yeah, Parkersburg South is playing tremendous basketball right now, and they're seeing the courts finding one another uh, with ease. Uh, the, the ball's moving around and flowing very nicely between the post and between the perimeter. And it's led by Malachi Sylvia. Uh, Sylvia had been sitting on 29 points as a career high uh, for so long. He did that three times last year and did it once prior this year. And then did it in back-to-back games this week. He dropped 31 on Capitol on Monday night in the Little General Store shootout at the Big House, where I saw Mr. Cornwell, by the way. There you go. Just not, not for nothing. So I, I can play. I've seen him recently. And then and, and then Sylvia topped that against Riverside on Wednesday with 37 points. Uh, so back-to-back, you're seeing him do not only a career high, but 30-plus. Uh, you add the 20 he had tonight, he's averaging 29 in those three games, which this time a week ago was his career high. Uh, they're getting offense from him. They're getting offense from the bench. Guys like Alex Ward, uh, who was scoreless tonight, but dropped 14 and 13 Monday and Wednesday, respectively. And Jake Hogsett, who had 13 on Wednesday night and then had a big bucket late in the game as the Patriots are trying to bleed clock against Warren. And that's the thing that Parkersburg South is doing. Uh, they're, they're doing the little things they need to do to, to win. They're making winning basketball plays. They had a possession in that game up by, up by nine, and, uh, or up by eight, I believe, rather, up by eight. And they bled 30 seconds off the clock, and it ended with Hogsett uh, found a, a seam to get to the basket, made the bucket, and got fouled on his way in and converted. The, or No, he didn't convert that. Uh, so it was a nine-point lead that went to 11. I was right the first time. Uh, but either way, um, you're doing the right things on the floor, finding one another, uh, getting it from the bench. Uh, they went through a struggle. They're coming off a four-game road swing. And the first two games of that, they had trouble scoring and finding people other than Sylvia to score. Uh, but they're, they're getting it from a lot of different places now. They have a lot of different people uh, that have the capability of catching fire, but Ward and Hogsett off the bench are two notable ones now for South. So, Eric, back-to-back games, you had an 84-point performance from Parkersburg South in the win at Riverside, and then 
a completely different paced game tonight. Was that a Warren local uh, situation where that Ohio school was trying to slow the game down? Was Parkersburg just content to, uh, like you said, you just mentioned a, a possession that were very patient and got a basket off of it. Uh, just tell me about the difference between playing in a game where you score 84 one night and then two nights later you score 45. But the end result, still the same, two wins. Yes. Warren's pace is more or less dictated right now uh, by what they have and not so much what they're trying to stop. Uh, their best scorer uh, is a young man who was very badly injured in a car accident in October. And, um, and he's healing up from that, and the prognosis long-term looks good. But he is still healing from that and has not seen the floor this year. So there's still a lot left. But without him, you're asking distributors to become scorers. And, and, and it's really kind of throwing some rotations off. And they're having trouble finding the offense without him. So they need to be more deliberate in their possessions. And to be honest, they, they did not do much on the offensive glass, and they didn't hit shots. And if they don't do one or both of those things, they have trouble winning games. And granted, all teams do, but, but especially a team like that that does not have the offensive firepower that they expected to have coming into this season. Um, it, it's just a, a team right now that they've got talented players but they don't have that guy that can go out and get 20 a night, so they've got to slow the game down. South actually started this game leading 11 nothing uh, before Blaine Maddox, the head coach of the Warren Warriors, uh, called a, a couple timeouts and, and was able uh, to shake things up. He made some lineup changes going into the second quarter, and, and that allowed Warren to get back into this game. They cut the lead to, to within four at one point of this game, and they were in it uh, throughout until South pulled away in the second half. But again, some good timeouts and... and um, and maybe some some switches, but very early on, uh, Warren would take 30 to 45 seconds of the possession, and they would take one shot and, and not get the rebounds. Uh, part of that is Sylvia. Sylvia has been dominant on both ends of the glass, offensively and defensively. But when you don't shoot well, and you're a low-scoring team anyway, and you're not getting the boards, uh, it, it's a rough night for you. But they, they somehow survived despite going five minutes into this game without scoring. And uh, I want to say one other thing about Blaine Maddox of Warren really quickly. Um, this game ended with 108 to play, uh, and uh, South was, was leading by 11. There was a medical situation in the stands, and the EMTs had to come attend to a woman. And after about five or ten minutes, Maddox walked over to South head coach Breck Rector and said, you know, that, that, that's it, we're, we're done. He's throwing the towel. And Warren is a very proud school, as a lot of other schools are. That's a, a small community in southeastern Ohio. And, and, you know, they take winning and losing seriously, but in a week where we haven't always seen the right thing done in high school sports, I want to give Blaine Maddox of Warren High School a shout-out for doing the right thing and, and understanding that it wasn't anyone's best interest to finish the game. The way they were scoring with 11 points down, it probably wasn't going to change a whole lot, um, but, but, but kudos to him. And one other thing about the medical situation, uh, please uh, hold kind thoughts and send your prayers to that family. Uh, I'm not going to mention them, obviously, but... Um, it, it had a lot of people shaken up leaving the gym tonight. It's not the way you usually leave a building when you've won three straight for the first time this year and you win by 11. But, uh, uh, again, it's a, it was a somber finish to the night for Parkersburg South uh, because of that. But a lot of people handled it very class, with, with great class. And it was, uh, it was refreshing to see, as your previous caller said, 
that high school sports and communities can still pull together when they need to. You know, Eric, you never never like to see a game end that way. Uh, you know, as you as especially when you you know like that and a lot of competition, a lot of excitement. But let, let's just talk real quick here as Parkersburg starts to wind down the season. The season does not get any easier for them. They got South Charleston in a game with Lindsley, then finish up with GW and Woodrow. And uh, I tell you what, that's going to be uh, it's going to be a plateful for the Park South team. Well, they got the motivation they needed, all the motivation they needed to go into that South Charleston game back on January fifth when they played them the first time, uh, an overtime loss. Um, oddly enough, uh, the South has played twice in overtime. Uh, they won in triple overtime the following game to the same Warren team that we just saw tonight. So uh, they'll have another uh, a rematch against the team they took to overtime last time. Uh, that game, South was a possession or a call here or there away from being right back in it and getting the win uh, late in that one. So they know they can play with, with South Charleston, and they did that at their place. Uh, tonight was the first of a four-game homestand. I like it when it's more than three in a row, and I can use a baseball term and call it a homestand, but there that's what go. it is. Uh, you, you got South Charleston, like you said, uh, Lindsley, and then GW on senior night. And that's that, that's not not an easy team to draw on senior night, but um, because we all know those emotions can go any different way on senior night. But uh, this is a team, though, that's clicking at the right time, and I think if you're going to head into a stretch of the season, and again, on top of that, you got Woodrow in the regular season finale uh, on February 27th. So, uh, and that's on the road. That's at the Armory. So, um, if if you're going to take on that stretch of your schedule, this is the time where you'd want to do it. Uh, they've won three straight, and that's the first time they managed to win three straight this year. One back-to-back games four other times, but uh, the momentum is starting to surge. The energy is starting to be there. Things are starting to click the way that. Parkersburg South had hoped that they would click last year because even though this was a state tournament team last year, people forget this was an eight-win team a year ago. And they lost their, their leading score and, and heart and soul of the team essentially in Seth Fallon. So, uh, and replacing head coach Mike Fallon coming in with Brett Rector. Uh, not that the cupboard was bare, but let's face it, an eight-win team is an eight-win team. Those have been experienced on that team. Uh, they're finally believing in themselves, pointing together the ways that they thought they could do from the get-go. Parkersburg South preparing to take on South Charleston coming up on Tuesday night. Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hey, glad to be here, and uh, I appreciate the fact that uh, I could talk to a classy gentleman uh, on a night that, <laughs> I'll be honest, was what was 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 a little rough for me at the end. The way the way this game ended. Um, and, and I can make a joke at poor Billy Cornwell's expense because I needed to laugh uh, as much as you guys did. Uh, I, I really uh, am glad that you guys provide uh, not only the outlet for our players, but everyone saw an outlet for uh, people that just need uh, need a kind ear and a hearty laugh. I always appreciate talking to you, Eric. Take care. That's Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. We've got to step aside take a break. When we come back, we will meet our Santa Athlete of the Week. And we'll talk with Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. I wonder what he's, he's seen anything interesting recently. I'm sure he has. I guarantee it. <laughs> All that and much more when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Happy Valentine's Day from Basketball Friday Night 
in West Virginia. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. You'll hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players. Your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballFridayNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. And thanks again to everyone tonight that's called, sent text, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball throughout the Mountain State. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call us toll-free, 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Go to our website. Check out the scoreboard. Find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Shout out to our latest Twitter followers, including Ashton, Travis Dingus, Camille McPherson, W.V. Shannon Charge, and Allison. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Happy Valentine's Day from every one of us at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling 10 36 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling joe linville with you here in the studios on this valentine's day 2020 our 10th show of the season after today we're two-thirds of the way through Unbelievable. And show number 98. Yes, we are getting ever closer to show 100 two weeks from tonight. You know, all things considered, hopefully. <laughs> Nothing weird happens next yeah, really? week. really? <laughs> we'll probably get a blizzard or something. <laughs> hey, we did a best of when we had the snowstorm four years ago, and there was a state of emergency, and no one was allowed out, so we didn't get out to do the show either. But Marcus, behind the scenes, created a best of, of a live radio show that deals with very timely things the night that they happen. And it was good. Like, it took a lot of work for him to do that. We always appreciate all, all of that work. We will talk with Dave Morris at SuperDaveSports.com in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you a little bit about this week's standout athlete of the week. His name is Nick Smith. He's a senior forward from Preston High School, averaging nearly a triple-double, 21.7 assists and nine rebounds per game. He is seventh on Preston County's all-time scoring list. And, while it's a basketball team that hasn't really made much of a run since Coach Barry Sanders left. Not that Barry Sanders, <laughs> but uh, they had a really good team a few years ago. Uh, but they just couldn't quite get out of their sectional because, or regional because of Wheeling Park and uh, Morgantown and University. It's a very competitive area, and it's hard to 
kind of, uh, you know, get your, like I said, we've talked before, there's, there are certain places in this state that it's hard to get a foot firmly in the ground to rebuild something. Uh, they're doing that right now, though, at Preston. Our standout athlete is Nick Smith, and here is Andrew Rogers with more of our standout athlete of the week. American author Mark Yarnell once said, a leader is someone who demonstrates what is possible. Leading by example and being a dependable player who his teammates may rely upon make Nick Smith this week's standout athlete of the week. Preston County senior forward Nick Smith is having a noteworthy season in what has been a turnaround year compared to previous seasons for the Preston County Knights. The forward is averaging nearly a triple-double, scoring 21 points, all while dishing out seven assists and grabbing nine rebounds per game. Smith says filling a larger role on the team early in his high school career and trusting in his teammates has helped his development. I really took more in responsibility my uh, sophomore year on varsity because we didn't really have anybody who could do it, and I learned to do it pretty good. So then the past two years, it's, it's come to me, and I have teammates that I trust, and when I make the right pass, they always have a good decision and make the shot, so that helps out a lot with it. His head coach, Paul Coons, has come to depend upon his star forward. Well, Nick's very consistent. He's going to give me 20 points plus every night. He plays defense. You know, he's our go-to guy. He's always stays calm, never really gets excited out there. So, you know, he, he's uh, just a very consistent player. Coach Koontz's history with Nick goes back five seasons, and since then that Nick had leadership qualities from the beginning. Well, I, I, I knew uh, back in, in middle school that he was a leader. He, he took over at the end of the season and averaged 20 points a game, and, and we won a championship with him back then. And we're, we're coming back, and, and Nick's been a major part of that, uh, just his leadership with the guys. He speaks with actions and, and not a lot of words sometimes, but uh, when Nick speaks, everybody listens. This past season, Smith's play earned him a spot on the Big Ten Conference's second team. This recognition helped with his being named the AAA Boys Basketball All-State Honorable Mention team. Smith says his maturity and his teammates observing his growth has had an impact on his teammates. I think they've just they've seen me grow while they were at lower levels, so now that they saw that over the years and when I do it and succeed they believe in me and and they know they can do it too. This maturity through growth carries over into the classroom. Smith currently has a 3.7 GPA that places him on the principal's honor roll the past three years. One of his teachers who is also his travel basketball coach Colton Goff says Smith's drive to succeed plays a role on the floor as well as in the classroom. He's a very driven individual um, you know if, he's, if he misses, he's always wanting to know what it is that he needs to do. He's just always taking care of business in the classroom. And, you know, he handles business, you know, on the court and off the court. Definitely takes the... Uh a good role with the student-athlete title. Despite playing in the same sectional tournament as number one ranked University and number two ranked Morgantown, Smith and his teammates are striving to continue their solid season and are aiming to be a difficult sectional opponent come March. For Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, I'm Special Correspondent Andrew Rogers. Thanks so much, Andrew, and we look forward to speaking with Nick Smith a little bit later on in the program. But joining us right now is Dave Morrison of SuperDaveSports.com. Yeah, there we go. I I didn't give him the big grandiose. Let me try this again. Now joining us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia from SuperDaveSports.com, it is Dave Morrison, sports journalist. Extraordinaire. And... And providing outstanding coverage of Region 3. I've got to let that play out. 
You can't just you can't just cut in on the music now. You know, I gotta let it play out. How you guys doing today? Hey, doing we're great. doing well, doing well, enjoying this Valentine's Day, and uh, as we were winding down with you all here until midnight, just you know, almost out of time already. A little more than an hour left. That's how fast this program goes. But uh, Dave, uh, when you talk about Region Three right now, and boys, you have to talk about Shady Spring. We talked with Coach Ronnie Olson a little bit earlier. Uh, about their week and what a week it was. 25 threes made in one game, and they even had a cold spell, and they did it on the road, which is also uh, you know, very impressive and even adds more to that oddity, even though it's a great team and great teams do spectacular things. But uh, Ball Club 2 that uh, you know, was able to get a win tonight and had another story with, it, with a four-year manager playing. So uh, when you talk about Shady Spring, you got to talk about that upcoming matchup with Bluefield. looks like it's a go next week in the Brush Fork Armory. Yeah, that's really going to be probably the well, best game we've had in the region this year, uh, without a doubt. A lot of teams on the other side have been struggling. You look at that Shady team, a great story tonight, and also kudos to Independence. Uh, kind of yeah for uh, for allowing that to happen and it, it was just a great story. A manager getting in after four years of working, uh, you know, getting the team what they needed. He gets in the game and, and gets a chance to score. Just a great a story in a region really that needs it. With uh, some of the things that have transpired, uh, not only this week but this season, you know, going back the last month or so, and uh, a great a great story right there and. You talked about the threes by Shady Spring, 25 in a game, which um, it has to be right around the state record if it's not. Um, and they've had, I think, 93 threes, not counting tonight. Uh, the six games previous to tonight, they had 93 threes. So you look at the way they're shooting. Will that transfer over into the Brush Fork Armory? Well, you got to you, you got to know they're going to knock down some, some threes. Maybe not that many. But this is a team really on a roll with a lot of good storylines. Of course, Bluefield was a big win over their uh, Mercer County rival, Princeton. Like they put up ninety-seven points. These teams uh, have gone over eighty. I think that's six straight games for Shady Spring going over eighty points with you know, high school really great in a thirty-two minute game. And then Bluefield had a string, I think, of. I think seven or eight games with over 80, and uh, Oak Hill somehow held him down to 78 points, uh, but lost by 23. Uh, I don't know how much it was really holding down, but, uh, you know, they did score 78 against Oak Hill, and then tonight go back up over 80 again. So it gives them nine out of ten games, I think, where they're scoring over 80 points. You just know that being the case, it's going to be a 50-48 to 48 game on Monday at, at Brushboard. Obviously. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that, that's how these games play out. I, I think that's uh, that's obviously a showdown game. But looking forward to it, there's a lot riding on that when it comes to seeding too. Because even though Shady Spring is undefeated and you know clearly worthy of a, of a top seed in the state at this point, I mean, if Bluefield gets a win there, all of a sudden there's at least an argument wow. that can be made. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to, it's one or the other. You'd look at who Bluefield's lost to. They lost to Chapmanville and, uh, an early season game. They lost to Princeton. I don't think anybody at that time knew how good Princeton was going to be. I mean, they come into tonight's game as a top 10 team in AAA. Bluefield takes care of business and beats them by 32 at Brushport, which, you know, a lot of people would had that happen, but, uh, a good team there. And also they lost to Shady by, I think, three points. 
at Shady Springs. So, uh, you know, I think you're right. Shady Springs is undefeated, and they've got a, a real good resume, especially early in the season, being some really, really good teams. Uh, we feel equally as play some good teams. They'll play Fairmont tomorrow at Brushwork in the afternoon. Before that, so that's kind of a, a last. I don't. I don't know if you tune up against an East uh, a Fairmont team, but uh, you know they got one more go before they get shady in there on Monday evening. And uh, if you're going to go to Brushwood, a lot of good parking there. But you better get there early if you want to get a seat. That's one thing Bluefield has is good parking at the <laughs> yeah, facility, Mitchell Stadium. Oh, it's the best. Yeah. It's the best down there, isn't it? I mean, they are the best. Mitchell Stadium yeah, is the number one stadium in the country. For parking. High school. For high school. Yeah, for parking. <laughs> I'll worry about the same one either. By the way, and not to get too far off, but uh, Mercer County has now officially placed a bid on the Super Six. Um, so they will uh, go head to head with Wheeling for the Super Six uh, from the SSAC. That'll be announced yeah, at a later time. I, I do believe, I, I believe that's happened before, and it's going to be. It will be awful hard, I think, at this point to rig, wriggle that thing away from uh, Wheeling if Wheeling wants to keep it, you know, because they've done a great job with it. Um, after they got it from Charleston just over the last two decades, they've done a phenomenal job up there. And uh, I had the uh, opportunity one year to work up there and work with those people and see all the work that they do put into it. It would be awful hard, but... Boy, it would be nice to get that back in southern West Virginia. I'm with you, but but I'm like you. I I've heard nothing but positive with with that tournament or you know those games being played in Wheeling. Yeah, and I think that and it is the case. And uh, I really didn't know that until I got a chance to work around with the people and see the, the work they put in, and a lot of it's volunteer effort. So it would be, I think it would be hard, but. Uh, you know, why not give it a shot? I think they have before. It's It's been hard for anyone to get that um, out of the grasp of wheeling. As long as the state tournament basketball stays in Charleston, we're all all right riding the road. <laughs> that, we're too wheeling. That's right, because in West Virginia, all roads lead to Charleston. Dave Morrison, SuperDaySports.com. Always a pleasure, Dave. Okay, guys, you have a great weekend. Enjoy your, the rest of your Valentine's Day. We'll see. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks so much. Dave Morris and SuperDaySports.com. We've got to step aside take a break. When we come back, our standout athlete of the week will join us. We're on basketball Friday night in West Virginia. As we roll down closer to hour three. Here on this February 14, 2020, Valentine's Day edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Happy Valentine's Day from Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Join us online, vote in this week's poll. You've got till 11.45 tonight, and then we'll share the voting results with you. This week's question, do you think homeschool students should be able to play athletics for the school in the district that they live in? Go to basketballnight.com, vote in this week's poll. You'll see the poll on the right-hand side of the page. Again, you got till 11.45 tonight. 
Big thank you to all of our radio stations throughout the Mountain State carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia, including 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney, 92.5 FM WZAC Madison Danville Charleston, 105.5 FM WKQV Cowan, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 91.5 FM WRSG Middleburn, 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton, 740 AM, 106.5 FM WRNR Martinsburg, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM WHJC Matewan Williamson Belfry, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM WKKX in Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.7 FM WVLY Moundsville, and 101.1 FM WVWPLP in Wayne. We appreciate all of our stations carrying basketball Friday night throughout the Mountain State. Check out our affiliate page. Find a station near you. School basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 10.52 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. As we wind down hour two, we're with you till midnight. You're all across the Fast Break Sports Network. I'm Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville. We have Jordan Mounts in studio with us tonight. He you found the place. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm glad to be here, Ryan. It's been a while since I've been on the air, so it's uh, great to finally be back on camera with you guys. Yeah, it's been a while since you've been. I think this is your first time with us here this year. First time with you all uh, here on show uh, this year. Um, haven't been back on since uh, my little health scare last year, actually. So, uh, Well, we're glad to have you back. Glad uh, to be back. Glad to have you upright and moving, too. Yes, Christ. sir, absolutely. Always, always a positive. And appreciate him calling in those Tug Valley games. Yes, keeping us uh, <laughs> You can say it. I cannot. Our producer, Marcus, Marcus has already said I cannot say that word. That word being Tug Valley. In yeah, we had to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, right. We, we have free reign there to talk about Tug Valley. But nonetheless, uh, right now it's time to meet our standout athlete of the week. He is a senior forward from Preston High School where he averages 21 points, 7 assists, 9 rebounds per game to the top 10 of his school's all-time scoring list. And this is a basketball club at Preston that, again, is kind of trapped in a very difficult regional. And that's uh, something that's, that's been a it's, a... it's a difficult path for them to get out of to try to get to Charleston. But this is a basketball team that is having a, a fine season this year. They are doing just fine. Uh, are the Preston Knights record is 7-11, but they have lost five straight, so there's a little bit of a, a struggle right now. But joining us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia is our standout athlete of the week, Nick Smith. And Nick, first off, congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week. Nick, thank are you, you. There we go. All right, and, and, and Nick, tell me a little bit about uh, you know this basketball club. Uh, obviously, right now things have been going. Uh, things have been a little bit rough going, five losses, but uh, still a, an opportunity for you to turn around and do some good things down the stretch here as the season starts to come closer to an end. Yeah, we've had a rough 
last couple of games, we've had injured players and just had a little trouble working together, but we got that turned around and we made a good comeback on North Marion, which we played on Wednesday. But we're hoping to turn that around tomorrow against Hampshire. And Nick, tell me uh, some of the things that you do, uh, you know, off the court uh, there, there at Preston High School. Uh, well, I've been a member of United Methodist Church now since I was four, and we're always doing community lunches there, and I'm helping out with that. And then um, I was a football student section leader this fall at Preston, and uh, I just support all the sporting events up there. And that's something that, that is something that's very good to do within that community as well. And uh, you know, just by geography standpoint, Preston is a little bit spread out. It's a large mm-hmm. county, uh, with a, in terms of the amount of space in it, and, but not densely populated. One school uh, there at Preston. So uh, tell me about tomorrow. You play host to Hampshire. Uh, that's a big game for your basketball team. An opportunity to get back out on the court and to 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 end this streak. Yeah, we uh, we haven't played them, I don't think, in any recent years, at least ones that I haven't uh So we don't really know much about them, but uh, stats, they, they match up a lot like we do. So I think it should be a good game, but everybody's healthy now, and I think everybody's ready to pick up a win. There's still no tournament time, so we need one. Nick, looking at your record, uh, your schedule, it, you know, it, it kind of – shows you guys play a very tough schedule and, and as ron mentioned you're sandwiched right in there with morgantown and university how frustrating can that be as a player when you feel like you've got a pretty decent ball club oh it, it is tough because i mean that second round you get a buy but you know the first round you got to go through university or morgantown or buchanan but we're always stuck with morgantown or university and they're always top five team in the state it's pretty frustrating to get by that and Preston High School uh, again they will take on um, Hampshire tomorrow that game will be uh, once again right there in Kingwood again in some of the, the little towns in Preston County to mention Kingwood is the larger of the towns you also got Terra Alta uh, you know, Reedsville uh, you know, you're talking about a, a, an area that, that is it's still somewhat spread out. How difficult is it? Well, unfortunately, oh, no, shoot, we're going to be too close to time here. We're almost out of time uh, in this break. Nick but thanks, Nick Smith, our standout athlete of the week, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on being our standout athlete of the week, and we wish you and the Knights nothing but success throughout the remainder of your season. Thank you, guys. All right, and that's, again, Nick Smith. We were going to ask him about the difficulties of getting everyone together mm-hmm. when you're spread out and in an area where it snows a lot. And, right. you know, it's an elevated area, so uh, yeah, it, it has its own challenges, and I think they do a good job at Preston. And I think sometimes you look at the floor and you, you think that's the whole story. Oh, how good are you on the court? And to a degree, there are certain times to worry about that, but there are a lot bigger issues to worry about as well. And when you realize the obstacles some people overcome, uh, team, schools, etc., etc., changes your you know thoughts on them. We'll step aside for a break. Hour three coming up on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network.
Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, and it is the Valentine's edition. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you being part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Joining us every Friday night from 9 to midnight. It's great to have you here. We also want to thank the rest of our radio stations throughout the Mountain State carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, including... 92.3 FM WYRC and Spencer, 103.7 FM WQWE and Fisher, 92.5 FM WTHMLP, Ravenswood Ripley, 106.7 FM WHFI Linside, 93.9 FM WRRR St. Mary's, 104.5 FM WASBLV Huntington, 1290 AM. 101.9 101.9 FM WVOW in Logan, 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM WQAZ Edmund Beckley, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, 9.50 AM WBES in Charleston, at Marshall University's flagship station right here in Huntington, 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington, the cutting edge. Shout out to our latest Twitter followers, Chris Holmes, Bren Petzenbarger. Thanks for joining us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Please join Marshall University's Dr. Carter G. Woodson Lyceum celebration of other important events throughout the year. The Woodson Lyceum also supports programs specifically for teachers and students. Teachers should apply for the Lyceum Summer History Institute by March 13th. The History Institute is partly funded by a major grant from the West Virginia Humanities Council. Students should apply for positions in the W. Page Pitt School of Journalism and Mass Communications High School Journalism Workshop by May 30th. Applications for teachers and students are available at the Woodson Lyceum's website, marshall.edu slash woodsonlyceum. The Woodson Lyceum is a resource for this region on Black History Month and serves as a forum supporting quality education and freedom of the press. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Fifty-eight minutes, twenty seconds remain in Valentine's Day, two thousand twenty. Ryan Epling alongside Joe Linville and Jordan Mounts. Happy to have you along on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Brad is just having too much fun tonight. <laughs> he, he really, he really is, and we we appreciate all the work that Fred puts in behind the scenes. We appreciate all the work that everybody puts in behind the scenes. There are so many people. I'll be honest with you. We we have, we, are, we are blessed to have probably a larger staff than many commercial stations would for such things because we're all volunteers here. And, and so we have a bunch of people who help out, Dr. Chuck Bailey, uh, Mike Stanley, 
the Knicks. There are many Knicks back there. <laughs> um, all the Knicks are back there, and, and, and we appreciate them. Jordan coming in from Mingo County to be with us tonight. That's an hour, 45-minute trip up here to the studio. Joe making the trip. How long does it take you to get home? Don't ask. All right. <laughs> Joe making Joe making, state trooper sitting in on 64 Joe, weight. I mean. Joe making the hour-plus trip in there roughly an hour. Uh, <laughs> a little over an hour. Yeah, but, uh, certainly. Yeah, about an hour, about an hour and ten minutes. About 70, 75 minutes. And, and Marcus, who is uh, barely ever in the same place more than three or four <laughs> we hours. We never know where Marcus is no. going. You, you follow Marcus on Twitter, you get a picture, and you're like, oh, you're in Washington. You're in Bluefield. You're, you're in, in Charleston. You're in Ireland. You're in Morgantown. Wheeling. You know, Right. It's like, oh, oh, he's at the, he's in Huntington at the Martinsburg game, and now he's in Martinsburg. Yeah, I was like, how does, how does that happen? But uh, yeah, certain. And he was in St. Louis on us a couple of weeks ago too. So he's just like I said, he's a man of the people, much like Bill Cornwell, Renaissance man, Bill Cornwell. Exactly. But uh, so so many people that uh, put in time and effort to this show. We thank each and every one of them for all that they do. And coming up in this uh, final hour, we will have cause time a little bit later on in the program. I'm sure our resident referee, Bo Anderson, will join us. Uh, We've got a lot to talk about with him as well. And we will uh, also talk a little bit about a girls game that I saw earlier this week. I just want to kind of step back and and talk about a game. We don't normally do that, but I was there. So uh, it was one of the best basketball games I've ever seen. And and I'm looking forward to just talking about that. We may get an interview to go with that as well but right now we know you are here because you want scores you want to know who won basketball games tonight throughout this great state of west virginia what coaches are going to bed tonight on this valentine's night with a smile smile because their team was victorious today that's what you want to know that's what we're here to tell you let's get a check of the basketballnight.com scoreboard Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. We'll take it easy on Jordan, and we'll let him get settled in. We'll let him get a scoreboard later in the program. I'll lead off, though, with the girls' scores tonight. Hedgesville beats Broadford and Christian Academy. This score is correct. 70-8. It was Martinsburg narrowly defeating Spring Mills tonight. 34-32. The Bulldogs get the win. Wheeling Park defeats Buchanan Upshur. 60-25. The Patriots are 19-3. and Nicholas County falls tonight at home to Wyoming East. The Warriors 13-4 after a 59-29 win over the Grizzlies. Frankfurt is 18-1. The Falcons win tonight in Romney, defeating Hampshire 59-43. Webster County is 9-12. That's right, they've reached the limit. They lose tonight. Or see, they win tonight over Richwood 72-29. And the reason that Coach Rick Marone not with us tonight. Tulsa Lady Rebels had a game against Lawrence County, Kentucky. Lawrence County gets the win, 65-29. Joe's got the boys scores. Ritchie County knocks off Work County tonight, 63-47. Bluefield picking up that big win, going to 16-3 over Princeton, 97-65. Chapmanville, the Tigers roll on as 17-2 with a big win over Cardinal Conference foe Herbert Hoover by a score of 98-51. South Charleston over Riverside in the Canal Valley Battle, 62-48. Lindsley knock off Magnolia tonight, 51-49. Where the Red Raiders fall to Wheeling Park tonight, 63-41. Salinsville Southern out of Ohio knock off Clay Battelle, 73-65. The Bearcats of Grafton pick up a win over Elkins tonight, 73-45. 
in a tight one. Webster County pulls off a one-point win over Clay County, 55-54. Ripley, the Vikings had a tough one tonight against the Patriots of George Washington. They fall 63-32. Braxton County over Gilmer County, 80-63. Greater Beckley Christian over Mount View, 66 66- 39. Woodrow Wilson, the Flying Eagles over the Hurricane Redskins, 74 to 67. The Tornadoes, the Golden Tornadoes of Kaiser, pick up a win tonight over Tucker County, 57 23. Robert C. Berg roll on. They come in now at 16 and 2 with the win over the Lincoln Cougars, 46 to 36. The Man Hillbillies held their own, but it was the Logan Wildcats pulling away in the second half without. Star senior David Early tonight. He injured a foot on Tuesday night at Polka. Wildcats pick up the win, 71-57. Richwood, the Lumberjacks, two-point winner over Midland Trail, 63-61. Hedgesville over Musselman, 66-43. It was Lincoln County falling to Nitro tonight, 55-45. Charleston Catholic, the Irish pick up a win over Notre Dame fighting Irish. 57-39. Pikeview, the Panthers over Oak Hill tonight by a score of 60-55. Parkersburg Catholic over Ravenswood, 71-49. Parkersburg South winners tonight over Warren Local, Ohio, 45-34. Polka Dots pick up a win in the Cardinal Conference over Sissonville, 55-49. The Skyhawks, another Cardinal Conference matchup with Mingo Central, 91-70, Skyhawks picked that one off over the Miners. It was Shady Spring over Independence, 83-49. Another Boone County battle. Sherman picks up a win over Vandenite, 60-45. Huntington Highlanders roll on with a win over Spring Valley tonight, 74-67. And a tight one, St. Albans picks up a win in overtime over the Big Reds of Parkersburg, 57 57- 52. Martinsburg goes to 14-3 on the season with a win over Spring Mill, 62-41. Another close one, Oak Glen knocks off St. Clairsville, Ohio by a score of 78-73. It was John Marshall over Indian Creek, Ohio, 56-45. Caldwell, Ohio picks off a win tonight over Valley Wetzel. Trinity Christian falls to Barnesville, Ohio tonight. 73 or 74-53. Meta Bridge winners tonight over Union, 71-41. And Mercer Christian knocks off Riverview, 81-74. And that's a look at your basketballnight.com scoreboard. It was a lot of games across the border tonight. Yeah, well, I wonder, and, and you know, we can always look that up, the OVAC placement games. Uh, tonight that, that kind of uh, fills up a lot of those Ohio West Virginia right. matchups that go on throughout the uh, upper Ohio Valley and near the Panhandle and all of that so that that accounts for a lot of those games uh, there there are a lot of great basketball games those you mentioned a couple overtime games tonight as we certainly look to push the discussion of high school basketball <laughs> in West Virginia back to high school basketball right. in West Virginia because again we got you know we got to just keep going and we we know about all the other issues. I, men- I mentioned it when I did the scoreboard. David Early was on the bench tonight for Logan. Actually yeah. bruised his heel in the game at Polka, which was an exciting game. It went right down to the wire. And he had 42 points in that game and made the winning basket. He did something that is, cannot be 
overstated what he did, what he did there. He scored 42 of his team's 55. The, the supporting cast, which has been very good for Logan this year, and was pretty good tonight without him. Yeah, they didn't do much at Poca the other night, and he, you know, David Early put that team on his shoulders and virtually went one on five and at times, mm-hmm. and, and he didn't shoot in volume, but you understand what I'm saying. And and, and they they won behind the strength of one kid. That doesn't happen against good poker teams like this right. one in that gym. And Early yeah. is a big three-point shooter. He only had two threes mm-hmm. in that game. Four or 38 points were, you know, on the floor inside the paint. Yeah, he went into the into attack mode, and that, right. that is something that he can certainly do, and he's a he's an outstanding ball player, and, and you kind of see him, uh, you know, that, that his skill set is, is kind of broadening. Yeah, you know, the – an effort like that, putting up the majority of your team points, it actually reminds me of a game uh, a few years ago by uh, someone that, uh, someone that's actually very near and dear to the hearts of uh, Marshall University as he plays basketball now, Jeremy Dillon, uh, at his time at Mingo Central High School. Uh, one particular game I do remember very, uh, very well that uh, Jeremy was able to put up, I believe, 33 of his team's 39 points as well, just a game that, like you just said, just absolutely went off, the, went off um, put the team on his back. And unfortunately, they did not come away with a win in that game. But, uh, again, just the, the true one-man effort sometimes that you have to put forward to, to keep your team in a ball game, very few people can do it. David Early, Jeremy Dillon, two exceptional athletes, and were able to do so when – and you mentioned, you mentioned those two guys. Of course, Dylan mm-hmm. is already at Marshall. Right. Then you've got Devin Collins from Chapmanville. Now you're going to add Obina Killen from Chapmanville, Chapmanville, and you're going to add David Early from Logan. I said it's going to be the Logan Mingo All-Stars playing for Coach well, you, Dan D'Antoni. You know, it's, it's, it's great to see a large university here in the state of West Virginia obviously keeping our kids uh, in state. And it's great to see, and, and Coach D'Antoni does a great job here with his team as well at Marshall. And, 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 and WVU right now is doing a pretty good job with uh, Chase Harler mm-hmm. and Logan Rout recently. Absolutely. And, and, and Brett Brandon the, Knapper. Who's and you got from the South kid Charleston. from Fairmont who's red-shirted this year. He's coming right. in, yes. Yeah. So, you know. Right, uh, Jalen Bridges. Yeah. So, Talented athletes all right. over oh, the state, and the in-school states are taking advantage of them in a very good way. Absolutely. So, uh, obviously, a lot of, a lot of good uh, good things happening there. We'll talk to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, in a moment. Sometime tonight. Yeah. <laughs> let, let me. I'll be completely clear with everyone right now. Um, we'll we'll be transparent here for a moment. Bo's the only one on hold right now. We're, we're about to talk about a high school game that I went to that neither one of you would have saw. So it would you know I'll have to leave that discussion. And uh, we're still going to make Bo hold off for a little bit, so, uh, <laughs> but not too long. Not too long. Uh, and I went, we're coming up on a break too. So. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so I'll tell my story, and then we'll take a break, and then we'll talk with Bo. But uh, earlier this week, Monday night, saw a spectacular girls high school basketball game at Pioneer Gym in Wayne, where uh, the Lady Pioneers defeated Chapmanville by a score of sixty nine sixty eight in overtime. That was a game that Wayne did not take its first lead in until the overtime session. Uh, the Lady Pioneers made 20 of 23 free throws in that game. That was big because they wow. trailed the, basically the entire night. Uh, Chapmanville had an 11-point lead with a little more than four minutes to go in the game and, and was really playing well, making shots, moving the ball, getting second-chance opportunities around the basket, cashing them in. And that's when Sarah Hooks put the Lady Pioneers on her shoulders. She had a 34-point outburst earlier this year at Chapmanville in a three-point win. 
She scored 18 points in the fourth quarter alone uh, on Monday night and then finished with 30. Jasmine Tabor at 24 also in the win for Wayne as the Lady Pioneers were able to come all the way back, tie it with about a minute left, force overtime with Chapmanville, and then in overtime hold on because uh, Wayne had a about a six or seven point lead in overtime and Chapmanville comes down, Gracie Brumfield makes a three, Allie Williamson makes a three, and then they get a, down by three in the final seconds miss a couple of threes but get offensive rebounds and then get a basket and a foul under the basket with about 11 seconds left miss the free throw, get an offensive rebound, miss a putback opportunity that was heavily contested that would have put Chapmanville on top and, and just, just a great game those were two good basketball teams that played a tight, competitive game and a fun game uh, between those two. And I was really just, it was one of those moments where I know that the people of Chapmanville felt really bad about that game too because uh, they felt like they let it get away. And unfortunately, in a, you know, because life's bigger than basketball, that was just hours after, you know, they found out that the mayor of Chapmanville had passed away the night before, mm-hmm. um, you know, Rainey Barker. Ramey Barker, and so, uh, and, and Joe, I know you knew him, right. and, and that's just unfortunate. And so, a lot going on right there, um, because in small towns, mayors and the high school teams tend to have a little more of a oh, bond yeah, than what you would think of in a larger town. It's just how it is. So, uh, I, I just remember leaving the gym Monday night, thinking, you know, everyone who was here should be proud of the kids who played. They played so hard. Both teams did. Uh, should be proud of the coaches who, you know, did their best to help their teams be successful. Uh, there was just a lot to be proud of for everyone involved that night, and that that might sound a little hollow um, for the team that didn't win that game. But we might have a third meeting between those two, and they've put on two classic ball games so far this season. And the stakes could be a little bit higher if. They are able to get there to a third meeting in the postseason. A lot of work, though, to be done before that. Speaking of a lot of work, we've got to step aside and take a break. When we come back, we will talk with our resident referee, Bo Anderson. All that and much more when Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Thanks for joining us here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. It's the Valentine's edition. Happy Valentine's Day to you. Don't forget to join us online. Voted this week's poll, this week's question. Do you think the homeschool students should be able to play athletics for the school in the district that they live in? Go to basketballnight.com. Vote in the poll. It's on the right-hand side of the page. Marshall Sports Journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It is time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at Marshall. 
hoopsradio.edu slash sojmc. Don't forget to sign up for our daily Hoops Roundup, part of basketballnight.com every day. We recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers an email at 8 a.m. with the daily Hoops Roundup. Every score, every team in West Virginia played the night before. You can also visit basketballnight.com and uh, click on our scoreboard, check the day's scores, and we want you to become part of our score reporting crew, too. Join us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now back to your hosts, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 11-19 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. It's Ryan Epling, Joe Linville, and Jordan Mounts with you here in studio. As we told you we'd have Bo Anderson after the break. We might have to take another break before we get to Bo. That's because we go back to the phone lines. <laughs> Hey, okay, first off, I want to tell Bo this before we go to the phone lines. I think when we tell people that Bo is on hold, that's when people are like, oh, I got a chance I to get in call. now. Yes. And, and so, um, the phone yeah. lines are now backed up. Without further ado, yeah, we've, we're to, we've got a couple of games to talk about before we get to Bo now. We go to Bill Cornwell, who uh, I know to be with us because he was with another game tonight, Spring Valley and Huntington in boys basketball. Bill, the Huntington boys get the win. But a, a good game, as you would expect, between those two sectional rivals. Well, Ryan, I would call this game kind of a, a revenge game for, for Huntington because uh, three weeks ago these two teams met out at Huntington High School in the uh, Jim Morgan Senior uh, Memorial Classic, and uh, Spring Valley got the win in that game and uh, really outplayed uh, Huntington uh, on the Highlanders' home court well tonight. It was the very opposite. Uh, big home game for Spring Valley. The Timberwolves have been playing pretty good basketball. It came off a uh, win over Parkersburg on Tuesday at West Virginia State in the uh, uh, Little General uh, shootout. And uh, But tonight, um, it was very much the Highlanders outplaying the, uh, the Timberwolves on the way to a 74-67 win. Uh, absolutely clobbered Spring Valley on the boards. Uh, Spring Valley only had like one brief one point lead. Other than that, it was Huntington leading all the way. And uh, it is nice to have good, strong, tall athletes. And that's what Huntington used tonight because they got a combined 46 points out of their two six five juniors, Amari Smith and Eli Archer. And uh, Spring Valley, uh, they, of course, uh, C.J. Meredith, who's going to be a no-doubt uh, AAA All-Stater, he had 29. He got his uh, pretty much his usual uh, number of points, guys. Uh, and uh, young Brock Booth had a pretty nice night for uh, Spring Valley. Uh, junior had 16 points, but uh, Spring Valley just could not handle Amari Smith and Eli Archer and their uh, strength inside and uh, also just really 
just solid work rebounding and defense. Uh, so a lot of credit to Ty Holmes and the Highlanders. He's really got that team playing well right now after they had their struggles in midseason. So this, uh, this uh, section uh, between uh, Huntington Midland and Spring Valley is going to be really interesting in just uh, when they get at it in a few weeks. It's not, not discounting uh, uh, Coach Lance Sutherland and the Hurricane Redskins, but uh, certainly Timberwolves and the, the Knights and uh, Huntington, uh, they're really going to be uh, putting quite a show on when these uh, teams get together in uh, this Region 4 section. Quick turnaround for the Spring Valley boys tomorrow as the Timberwolves will play host to Ironton, Ohio. And uh, that's always always interesting when the, yeah. uh, when those two get get together as well. Exactly. Yeah. Actually, that, that game is in Ironton tomorrow oh, okay. about two thirty. So they're, they're yeah. So they're actually playing two games in less than twenty four hours. Ironton okay. lost to Fairland, Ohio tonight. So both these teams coming off losses, and uh, one of them will uh, try to get it straight uh, tomorrow over at the Conley Center in Ironton, Ohio. Bill, just so you know, the food just arrived here. And, uh, <laughs> Don't tell him, man. He's we're, not we're, that we're, far away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, nah, you know what? Uh, on a cold night, I came home from the basketball game and fixed me a, a big old helping of some warm chili and uh, just nice and cozy. Uh, all I need now is a blanket and a pillow, and I'm in good shape. <laughs> there you go, Bill Cornwell of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. He was at the Spring Valley boys game tonight as Huntington gets the win over the Timberwolves 74-67. Bill, thanks so much for joining us. Now I'll be seeing you next week. Sounds good. Bill Cornwell, thanks so much again. And uh, Bo will remain on hold as we go back to the phone lines. Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y in Princeton, had that Princeton-Bluefield boys game tonight. And Wes, when Bluefield plays well, it's very difficult to do much with the Beavers. Yeah, guys, uh, senior night at Rush Fork Armory, and obviously an emotional night. This is a senior class that uh, was with little Tony Webster, so those guys were were ready to roll there tonight. And uh, really, right from the jump, you knew the Bluefield was out on a mission. Um, the, this being the third te- the third time the teams have met this season, they split the first two, and uh, Princeton got down big early. They were down, I think, 13 um, at one point in the third quarter, called back, got it to six. Um, they are about two and a half minutes left before halftime, and then a quick 7-0 Bluefield run put them up 13, and really Bluefield just cruised it on in from there. They outscored Princeton 31-12 in the fourth quarter. It kind of looked like the Harlem Globetrotters playing the Washington Generals in the fourth quarter, to be honest with you guys. I mean, I know I do games for Princeton, but Bluefield was just unbelievable tonight. Forced Princeton into a lot of bad shots, and and. But when Princeton missed shots, a Bluefield just got out and ran, and four of their five starters finished in, in double figures. A couple bright spots for the Tigers tonight. Career high in points for both John Wellman and Lele Wilborn. Both of those guys underclassmen, so they'll be back next year. And uh, it seems like right now the underclassmen for Princeton are playing really, really well. And uh, Princeton's going to need those underclassmen to keep playing well. Coming up on Monday, big-time sectional game a rescheduled game from last Friday with the uh, heavy rains down here, Princeton and Greenbrier East and Mercer County next, or I'm sorry, on Monday night. Should be a good one. And uh, obviously this is a time of year where, uh, you know, the schedules can get a little bit more difficult. Princeton's in a difficult part of its schedule, obviously. Had a win over Graham 
uh, a little bit more than a week ago, Grand Virginia, but then lost to Capital, who was very good, an 89-76 game at West Virginia State University in the little general shootout at the Big House, and then that loss tonight to Bluefield. So uh, this is the third meeting between the two teams. Bluefield has won the last two. Princeton won the first one. And just a, a situation, though, where right now Bluefield play excellent basketball as they pull away from Princeton. As you heard Wes mention, the Tigers will be back in action against Greenbrier East on Monday. Wes, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, Wes McKinney, W-A-E-Y. We're going to step aside and take a break. When we come back, our resident referee, Bo Anderson. We promise. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Un- unless somebody else calls in, right? All right. That's all when the Valentine's Day edition of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them at West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com and Happy Valentine's Day. Not much longer, though. We want to thank all of our radio stations for carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia, including 104.1 FM, WVXS, and Romney, 92.5 FM, WCACA and Madison, Danville, Charleston, 105.5 FM, WKQV, Cowan, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 91.5 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn, 102.3 FM, WMTD Hinton, 740 AM, 106.5 FM, WRNR in Martinsburg, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC, Matewan, Williamson, Belfry, 1600 AM, 98.1 FM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, 97.1 FM, WVOY Moundsville, 101.1 FM, WV, WPLP, in Wayne. All those stations carrying basketball Friday night throughout West Virginia. And if your station is not carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia, hey, give them a call. Tell them you know a great show they should carry on their station. It's free. Don't forget our poll question. You've got about 15 minutes. This week's question, do you think the homeschool students should be able to play athletics for the school in the district that they live in? favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with joe linville coach rick marone and ryan epling oh you guys don't understand what's happening in the studio right now <laughs> i thought i had a big dinner earlier i think it was just an appetizer now they're taunting us yeah i know food. this is terrible right it's 11 30 on this basketball friday night in west virginia 
fastest two and a half hours in radio will grind to the slowest 30 minutes on our side because <laughs> yeah. we are so ready to enjoy the festivity. Uh, you know, in fact, Marcus is getting Mark. a head start on us. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. <laughs> I've got to do a show with this. <laughs> We're going to have to put up a curtain back there. Yeah, I see, I see right. cupcakes. I hey, see. hey, Marcus, how is it? You're over at Score Desk. How is it? You're missing out, Ryan. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, 30 minutes. Yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, we will get to that in a moment. So we'll, we'll let Marcus go ahead and, and, and finish the delectable dessert item that he is currently enjoying. And while we do that, while he does that, we will talk now with our resident referee, Bo Anderson. (laughs) I can feel the love. (laughs) The Valentine's remix of the Bo Anderson theme. (laughs) I don't know what to say, Bo. I'm just here. I think Bo's a loss for words. <laughs> well, you know, last week it was gravy, and I was hoping Billy would be there so I could find out how that went. And then, you know, you guys were rubbing in about the food that's there when I can't be there. Uh, so I, I don't know. It's just destroying me tonight. <laughs> well, you had a big road trip tonight, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I had a road trip tonight. Yes, sir, I uh, did. And, uh... I'm almost back, actually. We're at the uh, Huntington Mall, so we made good time. All right. <laughs> I'd say. Yes. Yes, you have. And uh, nonetheless, though, um, Bo, it's been, a, it's been an interesting week, as we're all aware. And uh, without diving too deep into what we know, what we don't know, uh, we can kind of stick to what we do know here. And that's looking at things from the official's perspective. Mm-hmm in terms of that game on Tuesday night at Greenbrier East, where you have a situation that seems to flare up between a fan and, a, and the bench, and then you know it goes from the bench to uh, an administrator and then to law enforcement. And, and this is all out of the officials' hands at this point. And really all they could do is try to keep things in order on the floor because what was going on was clearly beyond what they're accountable for. Well, I mean, you know, on the floor versus off the floor, you know, obviously if off the floor is interfering with the game, uh, then it needs to be taken care of immediately. Uh, you know, the on the floor stuff the officials can handle. Um, you know, it's just, you know, we're, we're at a point now where things are happening like this constantly. You know, you had the, uh, the game that Kaz uh, talked about last week. Uh, with uh, clearing the gym to play, uh, you got this. I mean, you know, when, when are people going to realize that this is a game for high school athletes, and the high school athletes need to be the ones that are the show, not the parents, uh, not the coaches. Uh, yes, the coaches are going to work hard and they're going to do their thing, and not the officials. We don't want to have to make decisions about, you know, ejections and all that. And you know, keep in mind at this point in time of the year. You know, it may be whenever you're setting those two games, it might be a sectional. And, you know, you've been practicing and playing, you know, 21 games, 22 games to get ready to play in your tournament game. And then all of a sudden something silly happens and you got to sit out. And, uh, you know, I think that just people are just totally losing the picture about what this is about. It's not about moms, dads, 
Coach, it's about the ten players on the court and the substitutes on the bench that are going to play. And uh, you know, I, I, you know, just you know, and then and then you know, you add to that that we have less and less officials now. If official or someone who's thinking about being official goes to any of them games, you think that they're going to say, "Oh, I think I want to referee." <laughs> it ain't going to happen. And I, I think that I think that it's a solid message that needs to be sent out. The players out there, whatever they do, okay, good, bad, whatever, they're the ones that need to be the show, not anybody else. There's nobody else there that needs to be the show. The 10 players on the court and the substitutes on the bench are it. Period. But, That's but, what this is all about. But what what do you think has caused this situation to escalate? Well, you know, some of it, they see stuff that happens on TV. You know, something happens on TV and everybody thinks they can do it. Uh, then you have, you know, you have that uh, aspect of, you know, you know, some people just think that they need to, to you know, uh, parents need, think they need to live their kids' lives instead of letting them do their own thing. And if the kid's having a bad game, they're not intentionally out there having a bad game. Uh, you know, leave the players alone and let the players decide the game, not the extracurricular activities outside of it. And, you know, then you know, then the officials have to make all kinds of decisions, you know, about what they're going to do. You know, they don't – trust me, I don't want to have to send in reports. I don't want to have to eject players. I don't want to have to eject coaches. I want the 10, the 5-on-5 out on the court and the subs for each team to be the people that either wins or loses the basketball game. And nobody else should really be involved other than the coaches making their uh, strategies against each other offense and defense. Bo, you've been an official for quite a while, called several games, I'm sure, at several different levels. How often... Do these issue issues like this start on the floor versus how often is it started from the stands? From as you just said, moms and dads trying to live their glory years through their kids. Well, you know, every once in a while something happens on the floor. Somebody fouls somebody hard. Somebody says something, and hopefully, you know. We're human as well. We're not going to see, hear, and catch everything that goes on. But the fact of the matter is, whatever the players do out on the court, good, bad, or ugly, and whatever we decide, whether we're right or wrong, that's the only thing that needs to be happening. And, yeah, you know, if we make bad decisions about it, we don't see one player do something and another player do it, but then – when it gets reactions from the fans and they overdo it and then it gets into, you know, now, you know, and then coaches, obviously, if they are out of control, then it's going to put the fans out of control. I find 99% of the time if the coaches are, you know, you know, our veteran coaches throughout, you know, they know this game, they've been through it. You know, they know that things are going to happen, mistakes are going to happen, and they are not going to say a whole lot to the officials. Because they know they've been in a long time, and the officials don't have an easy job out there. The thing that happens is, if they start getting really, you know, heated, well, all their fans is going to get heated. That's one way it can start. Another way it can start is, again, 
the people in the stands need to cheer for their teams. They need to enjoy the basketball game that they come and watch and let the 10 players on the court and the substitutes for each team decide who is the better team. I think that's uh, a lesson we can all learn. We all do need to step yes. back a little bit right now and, you know, again, let the kids, you know, they're, they are the show, as, as as Bo just mentioned. All right, Bo, you had a, you had a uh, trivia question for us last week. You're, you're, uh, we, need, sure we, we need to name this. We, we will come up with that at some point. <laughs> share, share it with us again, please. Okay. Uh, A1 got fouled, and A1's supposed to go to the line and shoot one and one. Uh, when they get up the line, the lead official's going to bounce the ball. The shooter uh, announces two free throws, and the shot is missed. And one of the Team A players gets the rebound, and they're the only ones that step in the lane and gets it, and then they throw it to the official. Uh, what are you going to do? Okay, now the the official has announced two shots mistakenly. Is that is that yes. what Okay. Yeah, I don't know. You've got would, a mess there. Would that, would that, now, would that be a correctable offense in that the official could then award the uh, the possession of the basketball to the uh, team to the op- opposing team after the missed shot? Well, uh, you have flunked as well as Ryan. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Here's my question: Did the official catch the ball? <laughs> Well, he's out of bounds. <laughs> okay, he's out of bounds. And, 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 yeah, okay, yeah, out of bounds. All right, well, then it goes to uh, Team B, I believe. Hey, you're still off, too, Ryan. You're oh. one for 29 now. <laughs> wow. I'm, like, I'm like Marshall shooting last night. <laughs> all right, go ahead. Uh, uh, all right, yeah, that, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, all right, what you have is you have put both teams at a disadvantage with the mm-hmm. official announcing two shots. They didn't play it. If they'd all continue to play it like the official announced it was one and one and missed, we would continue to play. They made most everybody not rebound the basketball. So, therefore, what you would have is you can't determine who had the rebound or was going to get it. So, it's going to be an alternating possession error. And you'll give the team who has the arrow the opportunity to make the throw in. All right, yeah, okay. that that makes that sense. That but I, 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 my my mind didn't get that far <laughs> along. But that is yes, that absolutely makes sense. And, and you know, I, I you know I think the world of the officials because even even if I disagree with them on judgment decisions, sometimes they're mm-hmm. doing their best. And it's difficult. There's a lot it's to split keep second. up with. It is. Split I think second. I mentioned this maybe about a month ago, but a good friend of mine who's an official. Yeah, the officials have a different angle than the fans do. They are much closer to the action. As a fan, you see a wide angle view. You can see it all where mm-hmm. officials are right on top of the players and things happen and sometimes they don't see it. And the fans get bent because they don't make a call one way or the other. And, you know, that can be both a blessing and a curse being, yeah. so close to a, right. being so close to the action like that. Uh, the officials may see something that fans don't, vice versa. All right, Bo, how are you going to make me look bad next week? What's your question this time around? All right, we have a a held ball situation, and it's Team A's ball out of bounds. And A1 takes the ball out of bounds, reaches it through the plane, and B1 grabs the ball, and there's a tie-up with A1 out of bounds. A1 putting it through the inbound side, and B1 tying it up. 
whose error is it? Whose ball is it? What do you do with the possession error? Oh, uh, wow. I'll let you think about it, Ryan. <laughs> Thanks, sleep on thanks, it, Bo. I'm, oh, my goodness. Yes, and I can see that happening. That's yeah. the problem. Oh, okay. Bo, thanks so much for joining us, and have a safe rest of your journey home. Okay, Ryan. Thank you, guys. We'll see you guys. Talk to you guys next Friday night. Sounds good. That's our resident referee, Bo Anderson. And we're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, power ratings, poll question, cause time, scoreboard update. We're almost out of time. This is Basketball <laughs> Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. Our last break here for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Happy Valentine's Day. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we got great things coming up. Power rankings. Cause time. Poll question. Hope you got in on a poll question. And we do that every night here at Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Big thank you to the rest of our radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Carrying Basketball Friday Night including 92.3 FM WYRC in Spencer, 103.7 FM WQWB in Fisher, 92.5 FM WTHM LP Ravenswood Ripley, 106.7 FM WHFI in Linside, 93.9 FM WRRR St. Mary's, 104.5 FM WASPLP in Huntington, 1290 AM, 101.9 FM, WVOW Logan, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP in Clay, 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZ, Edmund Beckley, 90.7 FM, WFGH, Fort Gay, 950 AM, WBES, Charleston, and Marshall University's flagship station, 88.1 FM, WMUL, in Huntington. Big shout-out to our latest Twitter follower, Shelby Schaefer. Thanks, Shelby, for joining us on this Valentine's show. Along with Chris Holmes, Brad Pettenberger, Phyllis Edens, A. Stewart, Lori Q. Martin. For teams, check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Joe Linville, Coach Rick Marone, and I'm Big Dad. Ryan Epling. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. He was set up. That, 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 was well, that was well done. That was well edited. Yeah. That was a good job, guys. Sincerely, good job. <laughs> 
I'll just keep thinking. He's lost can, for words. When I can get you guys back, I definitely will. Um, on, on, on a serious note, and I hate to turn it real quick, but on a serious note, thoughts and prayers go out to our good buddy Kyle Powers, uh, our floor director slash uh, cameraman, many a week here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. His grandfather passed away uh, earlier this week. So uh, our thoughts and prayers go with him. And, um, you know, Kyle's grandmother was my homeroom teacher in seventh grade. She passed away several years ago as well. Kyle's dad, I've known Kyle since he was, since know, he was, a, since baby. He was a baby. Yeah. So, and his dad has been a big part of uh, photojournalism throughout the region for a long time. So, uh, and just a, just a good family friend as well. So our, our thoughts go out to Kyle and his family and, and uh, in this difficult time. Now, we have not a lot of time left in the program, so let's go over to the score desk to Marcus Constantino, who has this week's power ratings. Thank you, Ryan. Starting in girls' AAA, the Greenbrier East Spartans are 16-1 and at number one. Parkersburg is 15-5 and at number two. Wheeling Park jumps one spot to three, while George Washington drops one to four. And Woodrow Wilson hanging in at number five. In girls' AA, North Marion jumps up one spot to number one. Frankfurt falls down to number two. The Winfield Generals hanging tight at number three. Wayne Pioneers jump up one. They're 17-2 and two, up to number four, while Fairmont Senior drops one to number five. In girls' single A, the St. Joseph Central Lady Irish are 18-1 and one at number one. Parkersburg Catholic 20-0 at number two. Um, uh, Wahama um, is at number three. Pocahontas County Warriors coming in at number four, while Gilmer, Gilmer County Titans round out the top five in the boys triple basketballnight.com power ratings uh, the university hawks are 15 and three hanging in at number one morgantown up one to number two martinsburg down one to number three cabell midland 17 and two at number four hedgesville is 15 and three at number five in boys double a shady spring and undefeated 18 and 0 at number one chapinville tigers 17 and 2 at number two robert seabird eagles are number three logan wildcats up three spots to number four north marion uh, jumps up one spot to number five uh, to the polka dots i just got your tweet we will get your record corrected in next week's power ratings in boys single a basketballnight.com power ratings williamstown yellow jackets are 20 no at number one greater beckley christian is up one to number two willing central also up one to number three pendleton county falls two spots to number four while the charleston catholic irish are 13 and 5 at number 5. That's your basketballnight.com power ratings. You can catch the ratings for all teams in West Virginia at basketballnight.com. Thank you very much, Marcus. And before we get to the scoreboard update, another quick and again, I'm I'm 2 weeks behind on this one, but uh another uh loss in the in the coaching side of things from boys basketball and West Virginia high school basketball history. Paul Skip Winters Jr. passed away uh, back on January 29th. He was the coach at Guyon Valley when the Wildcats won the 1979 Boys Basketball State Championship over St. Francis, 58-57. And uh, he, he just recently passed away as well. So, uh, you know, a big loss there for that community in Branchland. So now let's go scoreboard update. We'll go with the girls' scores first with Jordan. And actually, you know what? Jordan can't do the scores right now So because it's a camera choreography issue here. Bill, <laughs> not your no. uh, Bill. Oh. Oh. Joe, please give us the uh, girl scores. Looking for scores? Look no more. Go to basketballnight.com. On the girls' side, it was Hedgesville over Bortfording Christian Academy, 70-8. Tug Valley over Grace Christian Knight, 56-55. 
And a tight one, Martinsburg beats Spring Mills 34-32. Wheeling Park, the Lady Patriots over Buckhannon Upshur tonight 60-25. Wyoming East goes to 13-4 on the season with a win over Nicholas County 59-29. Trinity Christian over Tigers Valley 58-50. Frankfurt, the Lady Falcons over Hampshire tonight 59-43. Webster County over Richwood 72-29. And Lawrence County, Kentucky, knocks off the Lady Tulsa Rebels 65-29. Ryan? We're going to roll through these boys' scores quickly. Ritchie County defeats Work County 63-47, Bluefield 97, Princeton 65. It was Chapmanville 98, Herbert Hoover 51, the top of double-A scoring a lot of points tonight. Also, it was South Charleston defeating Riverside 62-48, Lindsley Academy defeats Magnolia 51-49, Wheeling Park defeats Weir 63-41, Salemville Southern Ohio defeats Clay Battelle 73-65. Grafton 73, Elkins 45. Webster County a one-point win over Clay County 55-54. It was George Washington 63, Ripley 32. Braxton County beats Gilmer County 80-63. Greater Beckley Christian 66, Mount View 39. Also in boys basketball, Woodrow Wilson 74, Hurricane 67. Kaiser defeats Tucker County 57-23. Robert C. Bird defeats Lincoln 46-36. That's the most points anybody scored on Robert C. Bird on a Friday night in three weeks or four weeks now, over a month. Logan County or Logan defeats Mann in the Battle of Logan County 71-57. Logan wins without David Early tonight. Richwood defeats Midland Trail in tight one 63-61. It was Hedgesville 66, Musselman 43. Nitro defeats Lincoln County 55-45, Charleston Catholic 57, Notre Dame 39, Pikeview 60, Oak Hill 55, Parkersburg Catholic defeats Ravenswood 71-49, it was Parkersburg South 45, Warren Local Ohio 34, Polka defeats Sissonville 55-49, Scott 91, Mingo Central 70, it was Shady Spring now undefeated 18-0, 83-49 winners over Independence. Sherman defeats Van 60-45 in a Boone County showdown. Huntington defeats Spring Valley 74-67. It was St. Albans in overtime 57-52 over Parkersburg. Martinsburg defeats Spring Mills 62-41. Oak Glen 78, St. Clairsville, Ohio 73. The John Marshall Monarchs defeat Indian Creek, Ohio 56-45. It was Caldwell, Ohio an 85-53 winner over Valley Wetzel. It was Barnesville, Ohio 74, Trinity Christian 53. Meadow Bridge defeats Union 71-41. Mercer Christian defeats Riverview 81-74. That is your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Let's kick it right back over to the score desk now to Landon Mitchell. He has this week's poll question. Thank you, Big Daddy Ryan, for getting my name right this week. <laughs> Last week's poll question was, do you think that homeschooled students should be able to play athletics for the school in the district that they live in? 61% of you said no, while 39% of you mm-hmm. said yes. This week's poll question is, should home and away sections be clearly separated? Go to basketballnight.com to cast your vote. Thank you very much, Landon. And, of course, we're just trying to keep everybody uh, a little bit more organized and yeah. try to keep people apart. When I mean, you hate that you have to do that. A lot yeah. of games, especially in smaller gyms where there's big crowds, they intermingle, and that just creates that, tension. That, right, and that's a big gym at Greenbrier. Yes, that yes. Had a, yes. That had a very nice crowd for that game, too, so... Uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of issues there, but you know, again, we're just we're doing our best to try to try to make this work and keep the kids at the forefront. First it's all and about foremost. the kids and basketball. Before we get to college time, basketball is fun. 
Remember that. It's a game. Fun. We okay. are good to go and watch and have fun. Thank you. <laughs> it's now cause time on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We bring in our good buddy Rick Kozlowski from the Martinsburg Journal. As on this Valentine's Day. Hey, Doc. I am Dr. Love. <laughs> uh, there, and I know how much you guys love to have me on the air. We do. We, we do. Absolutely. absolutely. Do. You, you bring us the levity we need to close the night. Well, given all things that have happened and... I don't think anybody could speak more eloquently to it than did Bo this evening. Yeah. Our yes, resident absolutely. referee knocked, I mean, he, 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 hit, he hit, hit the nail the, on the head. He right hit the there. nail on the head. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the game is for the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, it's supposed to be fun. I know you guys can use that term, and I say that all the time. It's like, why did we start playing? A sport, no matter if it's basketball, baseball, whatever. Why did we play it in the first place? Because it's fun. We enjoyed it. Why do we continue to play those? Why do some of us who still involved in athletics, physical athletics, why do we still do those things? Because we enjoy it. Because it's fun. It's that simple. But I think sometimes people complicate it. You know, want to make it more than what it actually is and that's the unfortunate part and sometimes events happen as a result of that aspect of something called a game <laughs> yeah, I mean I, I think that's pretty well uh, pretty well right on so Rick Eastern Panhandle basketball really it, it feels like we've kind of got a, a good grip on things it seems uh, like every, you know no big surprises really over the past couple of days maybe the biggest surprise tonight was the difficulty Martinsburg's girls had. They've been a little bit of a struggle. They had lost three in a row. And I was sitting in the office and I turned on TV because there's uh, Matt Miller and his partner broadcast most of, the, most of the Martinsburg boys' games, but because it was a doubleheader and they were on the air, and I was watching, you know, the last, like, six minutes of it. Spring Mills had a six-point lead, and I don't know if I jinxed Spring Mills by turning on the TV because they never scored again. Martinsburg gets a basket uh, with four seconds left after you know, Spring Mills misses an opportunity to win the game, and uh, you know, I guess they're pretty much breathing a sigh of relief. It's like uh, you know we were talking about this earlier today in the office. Like, okay, Martinsburg is clearly the best girls team. Who's going to be the other girls team to emerge? from this region, Region 2 in Class AAA. And and we were kind of scratching our heads. We said, maybe Musselman, you know, is, is Jefferson certainly shows they're capable at times. You know, obviously tonight Spring Mill showed that maybe it's them. I, I think that's, you know, as far as girls' basketball goes, it's going to be a, you know, a nice opportunity for somebody to pull up and, and, and pull off. I don't want to say upset, but you know, who is going to be the, the team to represent this area in Charleston? I, I think that's you know what's going to make uh, girls basketball very interesting as we head down the stretch. We've researched it, and I, I won't say with 100% certainty, but I don't believe Musselman's girls have ever made a girls' state tournament. 
<laughs> I don't believe they have either, and I've been around for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, everybody's calling me, uh, I, I, for whatever reason, everybody's calling me old lately, and probably because I am, but... Uh, <laughs> You're only as around, old as you, you know, want to be. Been, well, I've been around since when girls' basketball in West Virginia was being played in the fall. Right. Mm-hmm. So 20, what does that tell you? 25 years ago. Hey, Rick Marone was coaching <laughs> then. So, <laughs> I mean. uh, so yeah, I, I I can't remember Musman advancing. And, uh, you know, is this their opportunity? You know, it's, it's to be seen. But I think that certainly there is a chance for somebody to, you know, rise up and, you know, accompany Martinsburg to Charleston. Rick, we are unfortunately right up against it on time again, and and we always appreciate talking to you. You get about I'll give you five seconds here, your best five seconds, whatever you saw this week, whatever you think, go. One, two, three, four, five. Uh, it's wide open. I think that that have might, a great weekend. That, that might sum it up, Rick. Happy Valentine's Day! Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to all of you for joining us on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We will be back again in one week when we are talking girls high school sectional play. Again, seasons will end one week from tonight for some teams. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.